2: Yo It's Grahapsody, what we Will, fill and Reg, trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's D we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice. Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between, yeah, it's all that. And we're down with Fightful, Better fallback. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us Talk Raps. You're listening to us talk Graps Will, Phil, then Reg Yeah, we're Grapsody here to talk Graps Yeah, we're Grapsody here to talk Graps
3: Welcome to another edition of Grapsody It's Saturday, it is January 14th, 2023 I'm Will Washington I'm not alone here Also with us, or also with me, is Philip Lindsay
4: Listen it is uh, what is today? It's November fourteenth in the year November. Sorry, January fourteenth in the year <laughs> of word. Um it is eleven eleven if you believe in that kind of thing. Um, I have come from the mountaintops to tell you guys the message. And the message is that people suck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. It.
3: Also here is is it righteous reg.
2: Oh, uh, in the building. It's your boy, Media Man, your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. Saturday morning, I'm not feeling the best. Uh, somebody trying to fuck me out of Fresno AEW, and I don't got time for it, baby. Damn. <laughs> what, what now? Oh, you know, I just like have this little cough, and I don't want it to be existing still on Wednesday, is what I'm saying.
3: Oh, oh yeah, you're going to the Fresno show on Wednesday. Did you see the
2: Fresno card? Would you think I win it after the- all <laughs> that shit?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, um, Kashida is is uh, having a week already, right? He was he worked uh, the what was that the pre-show for Hard uh, to Kill, yeah,
2: yeah, and I don't then know why? But yeah, okay.
3: But now he, here he is uh, getting a shot against Darby. Um, you know what? Yeah, let this man have a little bit of a, a, a tour. So that's okay. cool. I saw somebody people making the the head of. Uh they're like, look, that match yesterday at Hard to Kill was a number one contender's match for the TAT title, and you can't convince me otherwise.
5: <laughs>
2: okay, I yeah, can see it.
4: <laughs> Shout out to Kushida, man. He uh had about with what was it like like hand foot and mouth
2: disease? Yeah, hand yeah. foot
4: and mouth disease. Yeah. Uh glad he's back wrestling and um yeah, he had a pretty good last year, so looking forward to this. Yeah,
3: that should be cool. But hey folks, this is Grapsity. And I want to make sure everybody knows there's a couple of ways you can interact with Grab City. First off, if you're watching on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up. Just right there. You're right here. Just leave us a thumbs up real quick. Uh, And also... You want to support the show. You want to get your message read on the show. We read your super chats all throughout the show. We read your humper chats all throughout the show. Super chats can be sent uh youtube.com slash Fightful. And we got a super chat right here. Just from Kai. Holy shit, it's Grapsody. And I uh, got Tim Gordon says, Bad takes always come out of the woodwork when women blade. Great street fight last night. Maybe Ruby dethroning Jade to take things full circle.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. Bad takes? I didn't see any bad takes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, we were just talking about that before the show. And it's I mean, the the bad takes are, are out there
4: galore. Listen, I've seen them all. Listen, I joked at the at the beginning of the show that, you know, I've come down with a message. But my real message is that enjoy wrestling and stop paying attention to what all these idiots online say. You don't have That's to combat what other people say. You don't have to look for other people that disagree with you to try and dunk on them. Just watch wrestling you enjoy and this is supposed to be fun, guys. Like, the, the whole internet thing of, you know, having to go back and forth with people is dumb.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, like I said, the, I, I can agree with the idea that, of course, the, the bad takes are... Um, that it's hard not to want to come to the defense of these things, right? Because, uh, ultimately, you know that... Um. Like you you watched what took place last night and you know that, you know, women are trying match. to get Yeah, and it was a fun match and you it, it's tough because how do I put this? So you know how it this happened last time. Last year there was the, the women's mm-hmm. street fight between Ty J versus um Penelope Ford and the bunny. And uh they went all out, they had their street fight, they got bloody um, and the next day, there was all the talk about how women shouldn't get be getting bloody like that. WWE had a, a statement about it as well. Um, yeah.
4: Un- unfortunately, a lot of people may have either missed that match or that match didn't become a focal point because it was the next day after the... Closest. Oh, right,
3: right. Yes. So there was that too. Yeah, we barely even got to talk about it. But I either way... I didn't watch that episode of Rampage.
4: So. Right.
5: That's
3: right. I, I still have <laughs> yet to see that match. Oh... <laughs> Yeah, I did watch it that night, and um, and then kind of same deal here where we're we're kind of getting a lot of those same takes about Ruby and whether or not she should have been bleeding. Um, I know there are some people who are just like, I don't like blood at all. I saw somebody say that they like blood, but only when it's um, at the end of a long-term feud, and I thought, this is that? This literally started at blood and guts when... Ty went to interfere in the match, and Ruby stopped her. Like that's how long this has been going on.
2: Like, that dude, was Ruby, over... Ruby had a different nose when this feud started.
3: Yeah, th- that started over six months ago, and uh, Ruby had her face broken. Like this was the payoff to a long-term match. I, off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure there was like seven or eight matches that involved some combination. Because like Anna Jay's heel turn also occurred in this feud. Uh, like that's that's why it was she had beef with with both, um, and yeah. I thought no that this has been a long term feud and Ruby has had a reason to get like kind of bloody. I don't know. I I thought that this was uh, the right place and right time for all of that. Yeah, um,
4: um, I thought it was, I thought it was a good match. I mean, er, uh, both teams coming out with their matching gear, I thought was cool. I thought Willow bringing her energy to to a hardcore match was an interesting thing to see and i mean if you're familiar with ruby outside of wwe and AEW, she's done this other places like this is yep. not anything new for her and i i don't understand people that are like we want the women to be seen as equals we want the women to be able to do the same thing as the men but not this i i Right. That, that doesn't really make sense to me. It's like you want you want them to main event, they main event it. You want them to mm-hmm. have long going feuds. This is a long going feud. You want yep. them to be able to do stip matches like the men. That's this. That's all three mm-hmm. of those things. So right. what
3: is the complaint? And it didn't sir a, a, and it was a feud that didn't involve a
4: title in any way, shape, or form. So you also right. got um Look, just to, also to throw this in there, you also want to build up tag teams, right? Yeah. <laughs> this, Dang it's a, a lot did of things. all four things. Like, what? what's yeah. the issue? Yeah. Uh,
3: but hey, definitely get those super chats in. Well, like I said, we always appreciate those. Shytown uh, Spurs says, man, I'm still thinking about that street fight. Ty J in these matches are like Jordan in the garden. Take They take it up a notch. Whoa. Oh.
4: Hold on now. Okay, let's <laughs> relax. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa now. Uh, Ty, Ty's doing her thing, but uh, hold mm-hmm. on now.
3: That hope anna's not dead i mean yeah that power bomb from willow to anna that didn't hit the table that i mean willow got the table anna just got the floor uh that that was yeah, crazy anna's
2: <laughs> keeping kayfabe because she hasn't said anything online or anything is that if she's okay so kayfabing it
3: uh brent yeah, they, lockman they worked uh, hard man they worked Yeah, hard. they did uh, Brett Lockman says, between that ladder match, lack of Mercedes, Vince playing his trump card, MODOK, uh, the cons even thinking about buying the WWE. Just been a week of uh, <laughs> throw up the grap symbol, LFG.
4: Um, I mean, yeah, yeah
3: there's, there's a lot there, and we'll talk about it all.
4: Yeah, MODOK is in the building. If you did see that Quantum Mania trailer, mm-hmm. we are officially getting MODOK. I don't know how I feel about the synopsis I read, but come on, man, we're getting MODOK on screen. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, but... Kang is going to beat the ever living living shit out of Ant Man. Um, so yeah, I think I might go
3: see Megan this weekend. By the way, Uh I didn't know that I was going to, but you I feel like
4: Meg, Meg the Stallion concert. Mm-hmm. No, stallion. <laughs> that's it. That's the sound. Yeah, that's gonna be done.
3: The movie Megan. Like, no, I I actually am thinking about going to see it because uh, I wasn't sure. That was one of those. I saw the trailer and I'm like, this could either be really interesting or really terrible. And then, whoa, whoa, tar-
4: whoa hold on, hold on, because you disagreed with me before. You're not going to see House Party? <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone, Phil. <laughs> I, I, I'm just asking, because, you know, I,
2: you know. I definitely look, will watch it when it comes to HBO Max. Yeah, I was I gonna won't, say won't watch I movie theater to see House Party.
3: Yeah, there's no way I would. I don't know. Um, I haven't like read any reviews or anything along those lines because like that. That's the thing is, if I'm gonna go out of my way, I need and like go see it. I need at least some confirmation that uh, the money I'm about to spend is. Uh, don't look at the know, reviews, then.
2: You know what's the funniest thing about this whole entire house party thing? Phil's favorite TV show is the director does this fucking movie. He did this movie. They're connected. Stephen Glover, Donald Glover's brother, wrote this movie. And Phil's still like, that shit's trash. But it could not, like, he's dope. we see seen Atlanta. We know how he gets down. I, I mean,
3: the reviews are really
2: bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? What's the disconnect? I don't get it.
4: So, I just told so, y'all at the time what the disconnect was. Y'all wouldn't try to hit me. <laughs> it's LeBron. <laughs> I mean, look at the entire ad campaign to this movie. It has all been focused around him. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me who the two main stars of that movie are? It's not. I rest my case. I rest my case.
3: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the only ads I've seen for it have been during NBA games. So,
4: wonder Uh... why. <laughs> Damn!
2: Like now that I think about it, me too. Like I've never seen it out of an NBA game. Yeesh.
3: Yeah, I've been. And
2: those NBA fans don't want to watch that. Like they're marketing to the wrong people. They don't want to see how.
3: No, the, I, I mean I think that's probably exactly who they want to market to. Is like, hey, here's a movie that kind of centers around LeBron, Lebron as a plot point. You're watching basketball. You probably care about Lebron in some way, shape, or form.
5: Yeah.
4: Saw so, my man, saw my man cough it up to the calf the other night, and that was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty good game. Um, I, I, I saw this guy jump straight in the air with the ball, land, come down and land straight on his feet. And they were like, "And ref looks, blows whistle, jump ball." And I was like, "Oh, you could just do that. That's not traveling, huh?" Okay, cool. LeBron,
2: <laughs> <laughs> he can do whatever he wants, man.
3: Look, all I, there's only one thing I care about right now. Nuggets are still number one, numero uno. Hey, Jokic was out last night. And my dad said to me uh, – "We were, me and my dad always talk basketball at least three to four times a week. And my dad called me, and he's like, this is – my dad is a Nuggets fan, but he's also a very skeptical Nuggets fan. He uh, hates Mike Malone as a coach. He is like, yeah, that, that guy's a bum. He's only getting by because he's got a good team. And usually, uh, how it, that works. Yeah, get, my dad also doesn't like Phil Jackson either. So um, <laughs> I – my dad was like, Phil Jackson, without the teams he had, wouldn't have been able to pull it off. I know, I know. Mm. Uh, <laughs> my dad believes that anybody coaching those teams would have gotten championships. I why did,
4: why that didn't that Doug I mean. Collins win then? Yeah, yeah. I, don't know.
3: <laughs> I know, I know. No, but I think my dad's like a world class like coach hater. Like, whoever it is, it don't matter. He's like, ah, this guy's a bum. Yeah, like, anytime decisions are made that my dad disagrees with, he's. Anyway, he hates Mike Malone as a coach. Uh, and he believes that Jokic is the one guiding that team. And so my dad bet me yesterday with Jokic being out with the wrist injury that the Nuggets would lose to the Clippers. And
4: has he watched the Clippers this year? <laughs> <laughs> but, but his
3: whole belief though was that the Nuggets won't be able to pull it together because he's like, uh he said it, it's a one man team and they'll they'll be exposed. Uh, against the Clippers and they weren't they they beat the Clippers pretty soundly so
4: <laughs> uh, you got bones fucked up
3: yeah I know it's a good like, <laughs> a, it's a good team and look as a fan of the Nuggets for the last ever it is nice to be able to finally say like I I actually truly believe last time I fully felt like there was potential for a championship was the I want to say that Carmelo Chauncey year um, that that combination was I thought ready for a championship they, they
4: should have kept AI man I thought mm-hmm. that, that was a good team
3: that was a good team I mean that was a scoring duo in uh, Carmelo and AI but once Chauncey once they did that Chauncey trade uh, and he came back to the Nuggets it was like you know, they went to the Western Conference Finals that year. <laughs> like I it, that was the one year I felt like they could do it. I suppose I felt like that in twenty twenty as well. And go figure both times the Lakers uh were the team to <laughs> knock <Right>. off the <laughs> were the team to knock off the nuggets. So look, this year there ain't no Lakers in contention this year.
4: Uh yeah. Had a uh, Warriors in the Alamo Dome. Boys are back in Oh town, yeah, yeah. Baby. Let's
2: go. Big victory yesterday, one forty four to one thirteen. What y'all want? We uh, back. We we
0: back. In the in the like Alamo, an attended, t- wasn't it? Yeah, this record too. Oh yeah, yeah. huge mm-hmm.
3: at the Alamo Dome, which is where um, things are happening. But yeah, the the. What does that mean? I don't know. Isn't is uh, <laughs> isn't that where the Rumble is this year?
4: Um. Yes. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it would be a Rumble tonight gonna be a rumble that's right <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> the Royal
3: 2005 commercial uh no i'm pretty sure yeah it's at the alamo dome so that's either way um and yeah that that game looked ridiculous it's just mm-hmm. it's very different to see but yeah that was cool congrats warriors look it's been a good basketball season i'm not gonna lie like it is uh, a fun season when things are happening across the league that are exciting. You're getting exciting games. You're seeing exciting wins. And it's just refreshing to not have LeBron be a part of any of that. I'm not a LeBron hater like Phil, but I do feel like, look, it's been 20 years and it is just refreshing to see things kind of transpiring and he's not necessarily in the conversation. Mm-hmm.
4: I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not a Bron hater. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: uh we got another one jake salazar says imagine your life being so sad you wait all week to dunk on will because he thought Mercedes was showing up look i guys i put myself out there i was the one who said a hundred percent so that's why i i tweeted like nah, i'll take it on the chin i said it mm-hmm. and so uh, therefore uh, like
4: listen i'll let you take that on the chin because absolutely when you're wrong you should admit you're wrong but i do find it funny that some of the same people that seek you out when you're wrong are not the same people that show up when you're right or offer apologies when they do something to you that is wrong and it's proven wrong. Mm -hmm. But that's just how these things work. Mm -hmm.
3: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, look, I'm pretty sure people are still quote-tweeting the 100% tweet. And look, I didn't delete it. I'm not going to run away from it. I'm like, no, it's still out there. Like, I I don't care. Um, So the
4: the people that are running with this, and I I take it because I haven't seen any of this, Um, I take it a good amount of them are WWE stands. What do you think that does for you guys? Do you think she's showing up in a Rumble now? No. (laughs) And this goes
2: (laughs) to show that Will Washington isn't always on the inside of AEW. He doesn't know everything. Sometimes he's wrong. (laughs) I got you, Will Washington.
4: Yeah, so i mean i'm sure we'll oh yeah no,
3: that's the thing i've been seeing for people where i saw somebody go uh see this is why you shouldn't trust those wrestling insiders and i was like first off i never said i had inside information on sasha banks not one time on mercedes bonet I, i never said that any of that i i recall what i specifically said was that this is what I think is happening. This is my intuition. This is what I think based on things that have been said and things that have been done. Never said I had the inside scoop because if I did, I wouldn't have dropped it for one. Because (laughs) (laughs) if I had like the actual inside shit, like, think about how long I held on to Swerve's debut, right? Like, I wasn't going to say any of that. And I knew, like, two months beforehand where he was going. But, like, on this show, I wasn't going to say that. um, Because, like, yeah. if, I get, if I get that kind of, like, inside information and it's, like, direct, that's a tough one because I don't want to just, like, spoil somebody's debut if I, like, know and I am trusted with that information. But if it's, like okay, I'm following some leads, I'm following some hints, little things like that. You know, of course, I'm going to share that information because that's fun. And that, that's what it was, was I thought it was, you know, kind of fun to talk about. Um, and I still want to continue to have those types of conversations. I still want to continue to guess and speculate. That's the fun of professional wrestling. Um, it is.
4: Um, but again, I just think that it's funny. You turn this one time where my man was wrong into this is why you can't trust this guy. You got to look at the percentages here, man. we talked about percentages, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, a lot of times this guy's right. Mm. A lot of stuff he's reported is correct. So mm. you're picking this one thing to go. Ah, oh, ha, ha, ha! I got you. Uh, no, you don't. He didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, now, now you're punching up, buddy. We're up here, buddy. Stay down. Van
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Twinblade says, "Pro wrestling without blood is for investors." And as a communist, I oppose things like that. <laughs> uh, I oppose things they like. Um, look, I mean, I'll say this. um uh, because, like, the thing about wrestling without blood is, like, obviously, your average match doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have it in, in just a straight-up match. But when we're talking about fights, and again, this is for WWE as well, because I, I still believe that some of my favorite matches, some of my favorite stories told in pro wrestling, involved blood. Mm-hmm. I feel like Vince McMahon himself. The only matches we ever raved about f- that involved him had him with a crimson mask doing something like the the sh- I always talk about the shot of him creeping up over the apron in the match with Hogan uh, and Vince with the bloody face like that's a shot that people remember Vince bloody being wheeled up the um, the uh, the ramp at WrestleMania 22 where he flips yeah. off Shawn Michaels like Vince knew that the way he told stories best was with blood because. Uh, if you're like there's there's one of two ways to kind of get people's attention in those types of stories and it's either in a bloody affair or with a big crazy bump and to uh and the thing about blood is while it's a nasty visual that's all it is is a visual Um, (laughs) whereas uh there's a lot more risk with literally anything else yeah, it's and... like when I
2: put that tweet out last night about Anna J, I was like, are you okay, Anna J?" And then somebody re- retweeted me and they were like, well, Ruby was the one that was bleeding. You should be checking on her. And it's like, these two things are not really the but same. But I mean,
4: <laughs> it's, it. look, man, I just don't think that's <laughs> that big of a deal. I mean, look, uh, one of the things that made Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is blood. Boom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, imagine Mick Foley never bleeding. Yeah. It's just weird. It It, it would be it's a different thing. That's why I'm like, it's not that big of a deal, guys. Let's Stone Cold Steve
2: Austin, man. man. WrestleMania 13, the whole entire match was built around yeah, Stone yeah, Cold being he, a
4: bloody yeah. person. and I mean, you know? Cody Rhodes. Cody loves to bleed, bro. Oh. Cody, <laughs> a, he does. He loves to bleed. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I and, mean, and, look, it,
3: but guys, th- literally, even WWE to this day knows that blood tells the best story, and it was with Cody Rhodes. It just happened to be internal, but they yeah. did show... <laughs> Yo. But, like, literally, they're showing this visual of of Cody's bruising and internal bleeding. And when they show it, that was the effect people got was, oh, shit. Like, that changed the course of that match.
4: They've been, they been using it for since June. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that visual. But, again, it's the blood in the visual. Even if it's not, like, I, I jokingly say internal bleeding. But, literally, it's that visual. That did more for that match than Anything else they could have done. And that's, th- that's where blood is a good storytelling device. And uh, again, obviously, you don't want to use it all the time but even Hunter knew and that's why it kind of surprises me when Hunter's like yeah we don't need to be doing that because again think about Hunter's most over performances and the performances that put him over the top were you know him against Mick Foley in the street fight and being a bloody mess him against uh, of course you'll never see it promoted by WWE but um, Benoit and Michaels at Wrestlemania 20 Hunter Mm -hmm. there with his crimson mask him against Batista crimson mask like Hunter knew that that was like all of his biggest performances all had him in some kind of bloody fashion. I get why WWE doesn't. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely get why they don't. There's so many factors now uh, that surround WWE as a company, such as the... uh, uh, Of course, you have the Mattel deal, and you... They're obviously a PG product, but even still, even in the PG era, they've had blood. Um, they has there even ever went...
2: been a deal like Mattel that's – like, anytime you say anything about WWE, people are like, Mattel. I'm like, has there ever been a deal where, like, one investor has been so involved <laughs> with every storyline, stipulation, or anything that has to do with the wrestling company? This is crazy.
3: Uh, I mean, uh, that's a recent thing. But uh, but even still, do you remember when um, in 2016, even when WWE was like, okay, no more blading, like, that, we're done with that. Uh, in 2016, they had the Roman versus Hunter feud, and they found a way to still, like, incorporate blood because they knew it was going to be a good storytelling device. And that was when Hunter had the, the blood in his wrist tape and then um, mm-hmm. started punching Roman. And it, like, got more on Hunter's fist than it did on Roman's face, so it didn't work. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, yeah. Hunter had just, like, this bloody <laughs> wrist tape in Roman's face, like, has it just, like, smeared on him, like, but you, like, there's no orifice this is coming out of, like, Remember?
4: this. <laughs> that just reminded me of that Brock match where Roman just laid out there and bled and bled and bled, and he just still got booed, nobody cared, it was uh-huh. just not working, he just bled and bled, and Brock still won anyway, and I was just like, okay, so. What did that do for anybody? Like, <laughs> what, what? the point of it? And wasn't there, like, a WrestleMania main event, too?
3: 34, yeah.
4: Yeah, no, oh, that, match, that match sucked. Oh, oh, yeah. That match sucked.
3: <laughs> oh, I had laughed hysterically at that ending uh, because there was so much. I mean, the reason I was, like, really mad about that ending was because I remember being Terrible told match. by a lot of uh, Roman defenders at the time. Because at the time, I was screaming from the rooftops. Seth Rollins is your hottest baby face. The main event of WrestleMania should be Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar. That is the match. That's what people want to see. And they're like, no, it's got to be Roman. And then Roman lost. And I thought, so what do we do with... What, why do we throw away Seth Rollins? <laughs> why do we do that? Uh, when the moment could have been much bigger, much more important. You toss Seth Rollins aside. And the people are like, well, he got the Intercontinental title that night. It's like, but... You knew what people wanted to see, like that and was it, the,
4: and it was the better match on that card.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it was, but like with big thing, by pe- and
4: far the better match.
3: The thing people were screaming for. That was the height of Monday Night Rollins. Like, had they capitalized then, I don't think there would have been. Because of course they did it a year later, but a year later, there was a lot missing from Seth by that point, point. and I think that had they capitalized when Seth was at his hottest, are, would are you, you
4: talking about the Mania match that opened?
3: Yes, a year uh, later.
4: Yeah, yeah, but that's because
3: I I know maybe. I know. It, it was a year too late. Like, had they done it, had they done that? Twenty eighteen. I'm talking about beginning of twenty eighteen. Seth Rollins, super hot. Remember he had that um, that ultra performance in that Gauntlet match uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of twenty eighteen, yeah. and he got that the was beat scene.
4: Beginning of Monday
3: Night Rollins, right? Had they struck that at that point? That should have been the point where they're like, okay, because that was beginning of twenty eighteen, and then. Um, it's like, okay, Rollins is super hot. The fans are into him. They know he's the guy for these performances. Now he's facing Brock Lesnar, the world, or universal champion. I think there wouldn't have been, because obviously that's a year before The Fiend. I think that wouldn't, his babyface run wouldn't have gone the way it ended up going had they struck then and not a year too late.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, it's because they refused to make him the top guy any time when Roman was there yes and and so um they did wait too long i did think the summer slam match was the better match um i feel like that's one of seth's better matches and i feel like Mm -hmm. it's probably one of one of brock and his match one of his matches that are like actually good in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah it's
3: weird to think about the fact that seth actually does have three world title victories over brock lesnar which i think does anybody else have that but brock's a 10-time champ right and I think Seth did beat him technically because the first Money in the Bank cash in and then the two universal title victories. Seth does have three world title victories over Brock.
2: Mm -hmm. I think he was making it a talking point the last time they were having a thing that he's the only one that's beat Brock Lesnar three times.
4: I've seen him him tweeting from home um, and I thought that was one of the funniest things ever when uh, (laughs) uh, Roman was going over how, like, man, I don't lose. And he was like, Kind of lost to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at Royal Rumble, but you know, who's, who's counting? <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: uh, Jake Salazar says, I stand with Reg, unlearn the word botch. Um, I mean, there's a lot of phrases I kind of want I unlearned. A
4: lot of wrestling terminology that you use. Seriously. Yeah. Like,
3: honestly, the phrase I kind of want done away with because I think there's so much more to it than that is booking. I am like. Ugh. <laughs> so done with the phrase booking because, um, I just feel like if I were watching a TV show that I, where, that where things I didn't like took place, um, I don't know, I would be talking more about the show than like, ah, oh, this is the, the, there's not even a phrase I could apply there because I could say the <laughs> writing, I could say that, but like, that's why the phrase booking drives me insane because like you wouldn't apply that to most creative processes. It it, it just, it kind of drives me nuts the way it's used when talking about the creative of a television product. Um, But yeah, Yeah. botch uh, is definitely one that's.
4: Botch is on the list with, with work and over Mm -hmm. and green and Mm -hmm. charisma and a lot of other things. Draw. Storytelling.
3: Storytelling is the worst, mainly because, oh like, I, I can't stand it with storytelling. Because, again, people confuse storytelling with telling a story. <laughs>
4: exactly. <laughs> yeah. Two different things. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mark, it's another one. Stop using words that are you're not supposed to be using on your side of the curtain, buddy. Stop. That's all it is. That's it's what a... people
2: don't really understand about. It. They think we're just like, why is Reg bubble? It's like, these wrestlers... They fucking worked hard to say these terms. They hit the road. They've been chopped. They've been slammed. They've been put through fire. Like, it's a, it's like being a professional wrestler is like an honor to a lot of these people. It's a, it's a family. Like, it's like being, Black and like, oh, we could say the N word, but you can't because we, it's part of
4: us. Oh, no, Dave
2: like, Melton, what N-word. are we doing here? Whoa. <laughs> the and you can't. You can say the N word and you can't. That's exactly how this Wait. thing goes. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I would,
4: I would I would, make that correlation, but I, I, make the correlation. I feel like, where you're going. I've that? been
2: on both sides. I've been I've been <laughs> slammed. I've been a professional wrestler. And also, I could say nigga because I'm a black man. So, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Listen, just stop it. it wrestlers don't like it they don't think you're cool when you're saying it to them they laugh at you in the back just like stick to the shit that we know and that's the shit on the basis that's the shit on surface that we see just say you like the match or you didn't like the match one or two things
3: dlo dig says sending Hubber chat while on the way to a funeral peace and love everyone tell your loved ones you love them and cherish this precious precious, crazy thing we call life r.i.p jason strife uh yeah um shout out jason strife uh sorry mm-hmm. for your loss dilo um and yeah that's always really important give hugs hugs are real important man like because uh, yeah you never know
4: yeah i i just again a lot of stuff does not matter man i really need some people to realize that a lot of stuff doesn't matter Mm -hmm. man like you could you could be cursing somebody out today and like a week from now just like randomly gone yep it doesn't matter
3: shot kid 29 says uh forgot to ask this last week but who are some wrestlers not currently signed to a major company are your ones to watch in 2023 billy starks titus alexander
2: yeah, dude, you got it. Titus. No, Titus is definitely going to get signed this this year. A wrestler, a woman's wrestler out of Las Vegas, her name is Sandra Moon. I think she just has, like, a tremendous everything that you need to become one of the best wrestlers. I think she's going to be signed really soon, too. And Billy Starks, yeah, uh, pretty much anybody involved in that, like, little group, Billy Starks, Starboy Charlie, I think. There was a sign this week on uh, Rampage, or both shows, that made me really happy. A dude in the front row had a sign that said signed. Starboy Charlie. Um, yeah, all the young yeah, keep people. Keep in mind, though. like Star- signed, so.
3: Yeah, I was going to say Billy Stark. speaking of young people, though, you know, if she doesn't get signed this year, there's still so much time. Just yeah. turned 18. Like, there, there's so much time for mm-hmm. Billy Starks that uh, for her to be where she is now already is is already... Far and ahead of, uh, of so many people, like very few people have pulled off what she's pulled off this quickly. Maybe Roxy, and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, as far as she's concerned, give her time.
4: Time, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would watch out for uh, uh, Brian Keith as one that I always oh, is like come on, super underrated. Uh, How can man, I project? watch out for what EJ is going to do this year? I think EJ and Duke is going to have a good year.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh and you know, me and Reg talked on. Day after Dynamite last night about the fact that uh, one of the things we were taking a look at the 2022 signees from AEW, and it's kind of a crazy thing, but when you look at that list, uh, other than maybe Swerve and Keith Lee... A lot of the signees that worked out best last year were the indie signees. Um, and that the I think those all worked out a whole lot better than the ex WWE signees. Like, you know, we talked about William Regal, was you know, we got good stories out of Regal and all that, but he went back. Um, Jeff Hardy didn't really work out. And just when you think about some of the you know, I, I'm of the belief right now that they've kind of gotten a little bit more recently out of Roosh than they got out of Andrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's just seeming like, you know, when you think about what they're getting out of AR Fox, what they're getting out of Willow Nightingale, a lot of those indie signees are actually working out pretty well. And... Yeah, I mean,
4: but at the same time, Mox is still Mox. Tony is still being Tony Storm. Well, I I mean, just
3: I mean, I mean, just out of 2022, like when you just look at the list of everybody they signed, like the released ones versus the indie signees, I feel like they've been able to kind of, and and I think what it to me is is that when somebody's released from WWE and signed by any other company, they come in with the expectation of what you saw before and having to be better than what you saw before there, right? Right. Because there, There is this kind of set list of expectations. Whereas when you sign an indie person, you kind of get a little bit of a blank slate. You kind of get mm-hmm. – because another one I'm thinking about is Kanosuke Takeshita and how he was somebody that has really worked out for them. But, again, he, they get to make an impression on fans without any kind of preconceived notions about it. Uh, whereas everybody else comes in with the, well, you better do better than Vince did with them. Mm-hmm. Or – uh, see, this is why they should have been under Hunter. Like, there's there's different, there's a different set of expectations I think people have, and I think that's why the indie guys have gotten to kind of over deliver. Whereas, and not just indie, because uh, Takashita was, of course, signed to DDT. Yeah. Um, but what I mean though is that guys who weren't necessarily working for WWE, I feel like you get you get to kind of work with a blank slate and not have to deal with people's expectations around things, and I think that's kind of cool.
4: I, I so, get what you're saying. I, I I do think that like Athena is a good example as well. Athena did really well last year. I thought Tony mm-hmm. did really well, and I mean, I use that Swerve. I think Swerve is like by and far the best signee they had last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's ones
3: that worked out for sure. I just feel like it's nice, and the thing about Swerve is I feel like Swerve got to work kind of twofold because Swerve to me kind of felt a little blank Slate-ish as well when he came in. Mm-hmm. Like Keith Lee had yeah. to kind of come in and. Oh and coming with everything he came in with wwe he had the catchphrases he had bask in his glory he had all that stuff right whereas swerve to me um was seen he re-
2: reinvented his... himself if anything
3: yeah i feel like he's kind of come in as a i don't know to me it it feels like they signed him in kind of a blank slate form or mm-hmm. you know he kind of came in with you know, even the Who's House stuff all started in the indies. That wasn't something that came out of WWE. Um, he didn't have Hit Row. He didn't even make any allusions to his Hit Row persona when he came in. So to me, it's like, yeah, he kind of blank slated in a sense. He kind of came in to to do some reinvention. He has a new name, like all of that stuff. So
4: um, are, I don't know. Are, I, are, are, are we going to get into the Takeshita stuff, by the way? Because Takeshita was in a segment and he had a really great match.
3: Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that here shortly. Let me read a few more super chats because uh, whew, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. So Jennifer says, "I missed three weeks and I am so sorry, gents. So much love, and it has been a wild it, it has been wild in wrestling as of late. Thank you for being real out here. Uh, thank you, Jennifer. That is a I very do. generous super chat um, or sure humper do. chat, I mean. And uh, what else do we got here? We had, uh, sorry, I just got a text from Denise uh, that I'm not going to read out loud. But uh, we got this one from Atlas that says, uh, With the Kaz slash Gresh news, uh, as well as your interview with him, uh, has TK become more understanding of releasing talent if they aren't going to WWE? Um, I don't think that's so much the... So we'll, we'll talk about Kazarian, right? Because I mm-hmm. think Kazarian was a case of, you know, that man, because I'm pretty sure he signed a new contract like a year ago, didn't he? Uh, and I think people were a little bit mind boggled by that because they're like, really? He hasn't really been doing much in AEW, but okay. Uh, right. And so, <laughs> and so uh, you know, AEW had basically put him on loan to Impact, where he's been doing the most he's been doing of the last few years. And I think that it just kind of became an understanding of like, Impact wants him and he hasn't really. Because didn't they also give up his music, too? Isn't he using his AEW music in Impact?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think Is it's the he? same song. Because I think it's his music. Okay. Like his band.
3: So that makes sense. Um so, either way, like, it, Frankie Kazarian's had an interesting AEW career. He's He will always get to go down as one half of the first AEW Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, he came in around a time where, like, the stuff he had done there delivered, right? Like, uh, I think he was always a reliable hand. He had a good match with Adam Cole. He had a good match with Christian Cage. But for the most part, he was kind of at a point where, like... I, there was never a point where I wanted to see Frankie Kazarian pushed over anybody else. And right. I say that in the sense that I love Frankie Kazarian, by the way. I love Kaz. I think that, uh, it, you know, when I think back to some of the names that really broke through and impact, he is absolutely one of them. But, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> 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 but, it it But it's interesting that, like, there was never a point where I wanted to see him, like, I never would really would have would have picked him as like a TNT champion I never really wow. would, have, would have picked him as a world champion but he's always been a good hand for that but when he was in Impact there was so much he was able to do and accomplish there and so it's like that is the better place for him honestly um, and I think that it, it's an interesting little kind of amicable split where I think that he kind of saw look this, this is a better spot for me in Impact and uh, they seem to be utilizing me in a way where I'm getting the best out of, out of my career, and honestly, as far as AEW is concerned, I don't think it didn't seem like there were any like hard feelings or anything like that. The fact that Tony just kind of willingly let him go, I think, is a sign of how good the relationship was.
4: Right. Yeah. I uh, I kind of feel like SCU uh, peaked er- too early. If they were yeah. if they were what they were a year before AEW now like them in that trios division and a lot of stuff they could have been doing like them doing the runs and doing the this is the worst town I've ever been in and doing that heel stuff now it would have worked um and as over as they were because of being the elite that would have worked now and I feel like they just missed the chance to really push them when they were hot Mm -hmm. um and so I get it I get him feeling like there's not really anything for me to do here and I feel like I can still wrestle and he can still wrestle. Cause I mean, that mm-hmm. match last year he had with Alexander is great. Um, He's good. And so I get one to go somewhere where I'll be used and um, somewhere where I've made a name for myself. I think this is good for him. Yeah.
2: I think it might've came down to not, maybe they peaked too early what it, what it was. I think uh, the young bucks wanted to initially just kind of pay tribute to these guys. Cause they had done so much, through the years they had came up with the three of these guys and it was like immediately they wanted to be like well these guys helped us out these guys came up they're the champs they're this they're all this and it was just too early i think and they just peaked and then i thought it might have been because like chris daniels is winding down his career but he's like still going at it on the independence and still having a great time and like scorpio yeah. sky i guess is still injured
3: he's right? also using that to scout though <laughs> that is also, actually good idea. yeah, cause he, yeah cause, because 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 he yeah. is Still head of talent relations for AEW. Um and like what's the so best he's,
2: way to spout a guy is then being in the ring with them. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah. So and he's he's putting together matches. Uh Christopher Daniels produced the, the main event of Dynamite. He the best of seven. That was Daniels who uh did that match. So um he's still yeah, in a good really role. It, yeah, that's not surprising. Uh but he's still in a, a an important role in AEW, but he's not working in the company nearly as much. Uh, as far as SCU is concerned, yeah, I agree because like I when I the first time I saw the act, that was the thing I was like most excited to see end up in AEW was um oh shit we're gonna see SCU this is gonna be uh this is gonna be dope because these guys are hilarious like the the whole worst town I've ever been in act is so good crowd loves it and they really only ever actually got to say that like three times on TV total uh and so. What what just happened? I feel like I just hit the volume on my... There we go. Okay. Sorry, I like muted myself, and I'm like, I can't hear you guys anymore, and I can't hear myself. Anyway, so, no, nah, I mean, it's. I would have wanted to see more out of SCU. It was kind of clear from the beginning, though, that the moment SCU signed, Tony was kind of all in on Scorpio as a singles talent. Right. That was the thing. You could sense that uh in the the tag team tournament when they won the tag titles the story of that tag tournament was that Scorpio wasn't supposed to be in it they took out Christopher Daniels uh the lucha bros did they injured Christopher Daniels and Scorpio without any preparation remember he wrestled with one shoe and and slacks on without any preparation worked his way into the tournament at last second and won the whole thing he was the story of that tournament <laughs> And then immediately after, we got a shot with Chris Jericho. Like, it was clear
0: that they saw him. at This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? Dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's com slash Fightful.
3: As a singles guy, more so than the three of them as a trio. And I think that uh, it's, I don't know, it, it, it's just interesting the way that it all kind of shook out for, for Kazarian. But honestly, Kazarian, when you look at his career, it, that man is... I think for a guy who was in WWE, TNA, and AEW, and Ring of Honor, I th- I look at him as a TNA guy more than anything else.
2: Totally. Do you think, uh, kind, kind of along with the question they were asking, do you think it would be different if it was WWE? Do you think, he, like, Tony's, like, okay with, like, you know, not so bad because it's Impact, and it's they're not really...
3: Well, what's interesting is he let Regal go. So, like, there's kind of examples Ooh. of all of the above, right? Like, he let Regal go, he let Kazarian go, and he let Gresh go. I think that um, it, it really, to me, depends on the investment. I think that right. when you look at somebody like, um, I'm not going to say the number, but I know that he signed uh, Alistair, or Malachi from some money. Right. And like, there's, there's an investment in Malachi Black. And so I think him wanting to go is like, no, uh, I, (laughs) we, we, we negotiated and we paid you a lot of money for this house of black act. And we're keeping this act going. You could take some time off. Sure. But like, we paid a lot of money for this. CM Punk is another one, right? Like CM Punk is a big investment in CM Punk and i think it's a little bit of nah we did not sign this big ass contract and pay you all this money to let you go to wwe
4: hell no yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i felt it it, it seems like it's situational it, yeah that's what it is um speaking of i've yeah. these guys
2: seen this speculation around this picture that uh, old punker posted with brody king people are like dissecting this picture like they were some forensic house i don't i don't
4: i don't think there is anything to dissect when you look at him <laughs> him tweeting those numbers um when you look mm-hmm. at what he tweeted about the max name and what and this my man wants to work that's what yeah. it is. He's, no, he's, he's, he's telling you in so many words i want to come back i want to wrestle yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's it
3: so uh yeah I, I think some gears have to get in motion um i i you know his instagram post about or his comment on uh mjf mm-hmm was uh, interesting <laughs> because uh, I heard some things around that I, I can't really say, but it's <laughs> but it, it's it's fascinating, right? That punk is he is talking a lot, and he's talking in the right space, right? Because yep. I think punk knows that if he were to do any of this on wrestling Twitter, oh, it's a nightmare, uh, but.
4: Yeah. He's, he's in the right place. Don't the, That other place ain't, ain't all that great. <laughs> I know.
3: I think he's like, look, I know Instagram is the place to do this because wrestling Twitter is such a, a different beast.
4: You, you can say it sucks.
3: <laughs> okay. You can say it sucks. He, he's to Tony Khan
4: here talking about this. No, 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 no. We don't hey. have to dance around this. Wrestling Twitter sucks, man. It, it does. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it's It's a toxic place. And I can understand why he doesn't want to be there
3: yeah like he has not posted in months on wrestling twitter uh twitter period he is keeping quiet but on instagram cm punk is very active on instagram and he is he comments on stuff he posts stories <laughs> like cm punk is out there on instagram but i wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't have the twitter app installed at all i think right. he just
4: nah he look he, he's having a blast doing what he's doing over there and listen I've already said how I feel about this. If if this means that it could lead to an amicable situation, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But uh, mm-hmm. I think everything he's essentially saying in these IG posts is that, no, I think the rumors that people are saying I didn't want to be there are not true. I do want I, to be there.
2: It looks like a step in the right direction, I think, more than anything. You know what I mean? Because like, he could still be not saying anything or still be salty, and it seems like he's not as salty as he was. Hey, yeah, man. I mean, look, I
4: I, I looked at that. A fight when he was will a... always humble people. <laughs> <laughs> true, a fight will always humble people, man. I act. mean, I I looked at that comment because I've been you
3: can kind of feel it in his tone ever since he was on commentary and he was uh and he mentioned that line of, oh, you don't want me in your mm-hmm. locker room. Like it, you can tell he's he's in different spirits about it all. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what the future holds as far as Punk's concerned. Because the thing I do find interesting too, and that's why I asked Tony that as the last question is. At the end of the day, he's still an injured wrestler. Right. And so he's still a guy who just had surgery. Um, He did post pictures of himself like back in the gym. Uh, So he may be finally getting to a point where he can start working that stuff out again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Danny says Mercedes telling Vince and Tony to fuck off, becoming the highest-paid Gaijin ever, selling 40k new New Japan World subs uh, on a rumor, and selling out the or selling out Battle in the Valley with a thousand plus tickets in under a week is really triggering neckbeards worldwide.
4: Uh, the Mercedes stuff is very interesting to me um, because I I think the way that people are taking certain things and running with it are very funny. Um, I, I, I I, I, think people going, ha we showed you guys. No, I, I I, do think she was planned to be here. Yeah. And I think that uh, something changed. I think that's what happened. I, I, I don't think that this was a matter of, oh, you guys read too much into it. No, I think that there were plans to bring her in for this match. And it just changed. I don't know why it changed, but something changed. Guess we'll find out. Um, And I I don't believe that that means she's never coming to AEW, by the way. No. I don't believe that. I do think Mm -hmm. that she will be there. I think it's
3: unavoidable just because I think that at some point, even if she doesn't sign, I think uh, that you can't, especially with her being a part of New Japan, you can't do Forbidden Door without her then in that Mm -hmm. sense.
4: Yeah. uh, Look, I'm not saying that I believe that she's going to come in and sign. I didn't even believe that with her coming in possibly for the tag match. Right. But I do think she will make an appearance on AEW television at some point this year. Um, it, it's just too many, too many things connect here. I do think that she will be IWGP Women's Champion at some point in 2023. And so it just you
3: makes think too much sense. Be, th- how, th- are you worried she beats Kyrie immediately?
4: And I wouldn't say I'm worried because I don't think that it really matters because I think if that report is true, Kyrie was never supposed to be the first champion. It was supposed to be my right. Um mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I I don't think that it hurts Kyrie if she loses because she still has the title of being the first. She still had that legendary match at the crossover show. She still was in the dome. I don't think it hurts her at all. Um. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh let's see, Jake says uh I'm going to have uh what does it say? I'm going I'm going to have all the country people near me matter than election day when I start cheering for Kang to beat the brakes off of Ant Man.
4: <laughs> Listen, you know how mad you gotta be? And, and and part of this trailer, this guy is like shooting these big lasers out of his hands. This man was stomping this man in the face <laughs> with his foot. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yo, yeah, wait a minute. Speaking right. of getting stomped in the face with feet, by the way. We
3: got to talk about hey, Tony what, Atlas. What <laughs> gonna in the face with, <laughs> I was going to say, but Tony Atlas uh, posting that video on New Year's. Mm-hmm. Why?
2: What Tony happened? What, do we,
3: what are we doing here?
2: He wants to show you how he gets down. He likes to get that uh, Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club finish. Like, finish me, like Ryan Danielson finished me. <laughs>
4: Let me tell you, I the thought Black that video at club finish is crazy. I thought that video was a loop at
3: first because he was just getting stomped so much and then once I realized no this is this is happening. This is really happening. He's just letting his white woman just stomp him in the face. What's happening here? And, Happy New
5: Year
3: uh, <laughs> there, Happy New Year <laughs> No, I don't care. That video is funny as hell. I uh
4: <laughs> so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> um
3: tony atlas uh let's see best
2: of all time y'all remember that uh true life from a pro wrestler where he's baking chicken that's like classic 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 material tony atlas is one of the best ever
4: yeah i mean that that, man we talked about kazarian being at the impact show we didn't talk about another return oh well
2: Washington was very confused when he saw that little adverb. Yeah, the homie is back. The Santino
3: Morella is sudden <laughs> to <laughs> impact. But as Santino Morella, that's Santino. where I'm just like what? Yeah. Why?
4: Right. Okay. Wait, 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 hold on. Keep talking. I just saw something. I need to see if this is true. I need. Yeah, no, I don't
2: understand. Like, I saw a couple weeks ago that WWE let the thing run out, and Impact was like, "We gotta, we got to get Santino. That's the way to save this show." And on top of that, he's back as an authority figure. The worst. Why are people still doing this authority figure? Impact's really like the only company
3: that's still stuck on it. Um, where I mean, because WWE has Adam Pearce, but I feel like Adam Pearce is so kind of in the background. Like Mm -hmm. he's not really. Uh, and I think that's why they like Adam Pierce because he does play such a kind of neutral role. Like you can use right. him for kind of anything, but uh, the, you know we don't have the the Shane McMahons of the world anymore. Mm-hmm. We don't have like just big stories that center around authority figures. Impact though has still had for the the longest time. Like Scott demore still plays a role right. in the show. Um, mm. and they just introduced Santino Morella, but <laughs> as Santino, the t shirt has the Cobra, all that shit. They're just straight up like, We want Santino Morella. We, we're not looking for, um, what was his real name? I don't even remember what it was. Um,
4: yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean,
3: considering like the accent is like totally fake Anthony Corelli, that's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, No, we want Santino Morella, we want the Cobra, we want all of that shit.
4: Mm-hmm. Impact is, uh, interesting interesting company man um for everything i think they do well there are things like this where i'm just like but why why are we doing this um i i i thought for the most part the pay-per-view was fine last night i don't understand trying to sell me on a on an alexander hardcore match because that's not what i go to watch alexander for exactly. that's not to say he can't do it but i just had no interest in that match and it it helped that it didn't help that it was with bully Brilliant. right and i yeah. i i don't know i but i thought there were good things on the card i thought that uh both knockouts matches were great i yep. thought uh the the right number one contender won in masha and she was mm-hmm. challenging the new knockouts champion and mickey james uh i thought the last rodeo stuff was all great leading up to this match and uh her and jordan had a great match um mm-hmm. that entrance but,
2: uh, the mickey entrance that was hard
4: yeah that was dope um so yeah, but the thing that I saw that I was trying to confirm, uh, it seems like uh, Jenny is retiring. Oh really? Uh, uh, per ten minutes ago that she just tweeted, uh, she is hanging up her boots uh, because she had to take time away due to injury. Um, that's unfortunate because I think that she never really got uh the run that she should have with WWE. I mm-hmm. I, I think that. Of course, she had to run with progress, and um, she was a staple um, in uh, the Brit wrestling for a while, Um, but I always felt like she should have came over and been NXT UK Women's Champion at some point. It never happened, and then once NXT UK went away, I was like, all right, where's Jenny? Why is she she not wrestling? Um, If you guys don't know, she's dating Walter, and I'm like, Walter's over here. I see her with him Mm -hmm. (laughs) on IG and stuff, so... Why aren't they using this woman? She's amazing. She's a great wrestler. She has a great look. Uh, so I guess we now know why that, you know, it's been injury related. Um, you know, sad to hear. Yeah. Fucking injuries.
2: Damn.
3: So that was exactly what I w- was just sent to me. Thank you, Drew, by the way. Uh, oh, sure. And so I was looking at it at the same time. Um <coughs> Van Twinblade says, "What does your dad think of Stan Kroenke? I mean, he thinks he's a bum too. Uh, like, look, I think it's just an old basketball fans, and I'll probably be one too, who just like look at coaches, look at owners, like ah, is a bum whenever your team's not doing well, and uh, so either way, uh, single blue note, the panda says, Knicks president Phil Jackson did great.
4: Um, <laughs> wait a minute now." We're not going to blame the fate of the New York Knicks on Phil Jackson. New Mm -mm. York Knicks suck on their own. Um, Mm -hmm. Dolan is a bigger issue to that team than Phil Jackson. And I'm just going to point out, I know this this may hurt your soul as a Denver fan that drafted him. He was right about Melo. There you go. Hmm. Mello. I saw a
3: stat, by the way, the other day that uh, Jokic has officially played one more game than Carmelo Anthony did as a Denver Nugget. And I thought, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> that, that, that took a minute to even compute because Jokic still feels so fresh to me. And, like, Carmelo is still, even without a championship, he's still kind of an institutional name with the Denver Nuggets. And... Just to think yeah. that wait, Jokic played more has played more games for the Nuggets than Carmelo did.
4: What? I mean, really, the thing that's going to be his claim to fame is going back to New York at this point and being a New mm-hmm. York Nick. It right. sounds crazy, but I feel like his his time in New York is going to be like really the thing people remember him for.
3: I don't know because he went to the again, went to the Western Conference finals with the Nuggets. I still feel like career wise, he's going to be looked at as a Nugget. If his time had ended, I think more positively, uh, then I think that would really be the story of his whole career. But the fact that it ended in such a uh, you know contentious run, people were literally chanting, and I was one of them because I was at that game, the first game without Carmelo, chanting, Screw Carmelo. (laughs)
4: yeah but i i mean i think yeah he had more success as a nugget but i think like what he means to new york basketball like for a minute he was the face of new york basketball yeah and Mm -hmm. so i i think he's definitely going to be known as a nick more than a denver nugget
5: hmm
3: that's interesting because i I do associate him with syracuse for sure but i also just associate him with the nuggets and uh, but of course it's cuz i'm a nuggets fan I, I guess i don't see it from an outside perspective so that's right. interesting that you said yeah put it there that was way.
4: there was a period of time that uh the bulls were going hard to sign mellow i don't know if you guys remember that they put up like the like the billboard and they were like mm-hmm. to get here mm-hmm. i do remember and that i was one of the few people at the time and i was like no i don't want him <laughs> Who i mean that you t- wanted that came <laughs> to <I'm>, the bulls <laughs> No, plenty of people. But at that time, I was like, no, I've seen the way this this dude's game. And I was actually proven right about this. Um, and oh. I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't think that he's going to fix what's wrong with this team. But-
3: I feel like that 2003 draft class, I don't know about you guys, but that feels like my draft class, right? Like that feels mm-hmm. like just for our age group. Like that was our draft class that when we look at it and we got, um, you know, obviously LeBron was the big talk that whole time and mm-hmm. – uh, and seeing Carmelo come out of that and
4: the the banana boat.
3: Yeah. Banana. <laughs> and, but I just feel like it, like for our generation, that's our class. And totally. Is it? Can you think of a bigger one for our generation?
4: I, I do it they did define this era and I Does I get what you're saying by that, but Oh man. I don't know. There's so many guys from that class that just as a Bulls fan, I don't like.
2: <laughs> I mean, yes, obviously. So this is personal. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes, I mean, come on, man. That, the Banana Boat guys is it's, it's Brian, Wade, yeah. Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah. but what I'm, but like, look at that class, though. When you look at
3: LeBron James, and then. You know, obviously, like Darko got a ring, but uh, probably shouldn't. Have... <laughs> uh,
4: Darko, wow, I haven't heard that name in a long time.
3: But then you look at Carmelo, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, like that was a that was a class, man. And like to see how much that class shaped the NBA.
4: Um, whoa, whoa, of course... whoa, 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 whoa! I'm, I'm gonna let you finish in a second, but I have to find this comment again and get back to it. I have to read this out loud so you guys can hear this. And this this is this is. I know this guy has to be a Bulls fan because this is how they talk. Phil, <laughs> the Bulls would have won a chip with Melo if Melo was there. D-Rose doesn't have to carry the scoring load as much. I was definitely pushing super hard for Melo. Guys, we weren't winning a champion with Melo. I hate to break it to you, but we were not gonna win a championship with Carmelo Anthony. I know that as Bulls fans, we always feel like it's gonna be this one guy that comes here and saves his organization mm-hmm. and brings it back to glory. But I need to tell you, it wasn't gonna work.
3: <laughs> Man, I I just looked at this lineup and I got mad about um twenty ten again, thinking about uh LeBron, Chris Bosch, and Wade deciding, hey, let's film a super team. Like that that was I, I hated what that started for the NBA. That set a bad trend. That's the thing that Good. I uh, get annoyed by because I, I just think about <sighs> – I didn't want the super team to work, right? And then they ended up mm-hmm. getting two rings. And I was like, fuck, it worked. I didn't want to see that happen, and it did. Granted, I feel like it's kind of been what? a bust, bust since – um has.
4: But but well Uh, LeBron didn't start the super teams. Boston did. That's that's what LeBron guys say. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't LeBron, it was Boston. Boston started the super team trend. It wasn't LeBron.
3: silly. <sighs> yeah. Uh And I mean, you can see. make
4: a case that it didn't really work for Miami because they got two championships out of it, but they took a humiliating loss to Dallas that first year. And then they took an even more humiliating loss at the end to San Antonio.
3: Back to wrestling though. Tom LaValle asked, yes or no, Will, do you know the name for Grandin? Uh, no, but I will say that, you know, I, I mentioned that I had to, uh, drive those guys around the whole mogul affiliates group. Um, and he was only ever addressed as Grandin. Uh, if he introduced himself as Grandin, he's a nice guy. Um, again, I mentioned the story, though, that pulling up with a stoplight, a little kid looking over like, oh, my God, who's this kid guy with all the tattoos and, like, looking freaked out was, was funny as hell. And then also I had to drive them around in my little-ass Nissan Leaf. And so these big-ass dudes, just big, these two big-ass white dudes just, like, get out of the back seat um, of my little-ass car. <laughs> because the tags on my jeep are expired i would have driven the jeep but that would have been just like me to get pulled over for that and
2: i'm not trying to do all that and you know my little should... aw complaint from yesterday that i was telling you about will washington um, oh rampage, yeah rampage ramped it up even more i didn't know swerve and is in the back with fucking uh king combs and quincy combs i didn't know that bun b was here like okay. all these things you should be showing me on the screen tony Khan. why can't i see anything <laughs> on the screen show me a, damn so a promo lot back here dude a lot hey,
3: stop, of that stuff they, bad boy
4: <laughs> <laughs> a
3: lot of that stuff they uh they tape Just kind of, not even like tape posts. They just tape kind of at random off times and then insert it later. Like Rampage, really what you get for Rampage um, is when they do it live. And you just got to see this Reg and you've seen it, Phil. If you've never been to a Rampage taping, they really just give you the matches. And anything on the screen is stuff that like needs to have the crowd. Like you're going to get Mark Henry. It's time for the main event because the crowd gets to sing along with that but other than that you're not going to get that the rest of that stuff uh, that's all inserted in post. Do they, do
2: the the Mark Henry interview they do that after because in the live taping it's just him being like like a taping of him being like it's time for the main event it's not
3: well that, that that's how it aired this week too it was just a different oh, okay. one but usually yeah. they'll do uh, most of the time they will give you the three way one that looks pretty oh much it like made this sense here.
2: because uh, Ruby and Ty Ruby and uh, Willow jumped them so it wouldn't have made sense yeah I, I understand why they did it. yeah it
3: it aired that way on TV too so it, it's okay. uh, but for the most part you get really just like let's just do the show as the show uh, the only thing I don't like about it though is they they, they cut a lot of stuff you can tell, the, the yeah. biggest tell on an edit from Rampage is uh, when they go to a full screen replay because, you know, AEW traditionally doesn't do full-screen replays. They'll mm-hmm. do the picture-in-picture. Picture. They'll do it on the mm-hmm. side. But if they're going to a full-screen replay on Rampage, that usually means that they cut something from the match. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that's their little way of a jump transition is do the full-screen replay, come back, and there's probably like 30 seconds missing from the match at that point. Mm-hmm. And they did it in that main event. You could see it where they something happened. I don't remember what it was, but they went back to the the match and it was out so uh single blue note panda said the panda says at least will didn't make an espn announcement unlike lebron stating he'll bring seven championships to the miami heat yeah seven two what's the difference (laughs) Not, not, not
4: one not two yeah oh man i good times man i really enjoyed that dallas win I I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as that San Antonio win. And I, I'm not a San Antonio fan by any stretch. But watching Ginobili dunk on Bosh in that finals is one of the greatest things I've ever seen.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, though. He did take him to the championship four times, right? So that was... Don't give out attendance awards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they kind of
4: did,
3: I mean, they did get four Eastern Conference championships with that team.
4: Yeah. Yeah, they did like that's a thing that's a victory it took one like i said it took a humiliating loss to dallas and took an even more humiliating loss to san antonio uh my man blamed cramps
2: be like that you get a charlie horse there i'll be out of a game too
4: i wish and i hated anything as much as phil hates lebron real, I know. <laughs> these are facts how is that hate these are facts these are two humiliating losses
2: it's like me, me with Bray Wyatt. It's like, don't give me easy ones to go off on Bray Wyatt. With. I are, I are, are no, all right, man. look.
3: First off, I spit out my drink at
2: <laughs> Reg. facts, man.
3: Reg yesterday. <laughs> For those who haven't seen it, this man Reg who just poking the bear again because WWE tweeted Bray Wyatt is him, and you tweeted. What is it? Him, an acronym for horrible in matches. <laughs> <laughs> sure,
4: I'm sure. I'm sure the guys that I'm, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the guys that don't follow you but look at all of your tweets love that. They thought
2: it was great. They thought it was amazing. Here I go <laughs> talking shit about WWE again. Look, don't set me up,
4: dude. Because Gen- generational lover.
2: hater. <laughs> generational baby. I'm taking it every time. Hater. I'm taking it every time.
3: Look. Oh, yes. Whether or not you love Bray Wyatt or hate him, that's funny as hell.
4: <laughs> um, <laughs> come on, give it up. That was that was kind of a bizarre promo too. Like I was sitting watching it, I was like, "Okay, I, I think I understand what he was saying." Um, I mean, why did he just
3: open with "I am Uncle Howdy"? What does that mean?
4: What does any of it mean? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I am D'Angelo. Maybe we are Deangelo. <laughs> Like I could have sworn the last
3: 2 weeks we like is he say I don't understand what what is this supposed to mean because a week ago Uncle Howdy hit Bray with
4: um the the fucking sister Abigail.
5: Yeah.
4: Are these the same person or not? What is happening here? They're not the same person. They they were in this, in in ring at the same time. So they're not the same person. They we they're very clearly not the same person. They've been showing us this for weeks. But now Why did he some- say that? to further confuse you and to get you to come down the rabbit hole with him.
3: I don't want to come down the rabbit hole. I don't want to watch like this. Right. I, I'm, I, I, I am definitely and I hope the match delivers. I will be watching the Royal Rumble for sure, of course. I hope uh, the
2: match delivers, one of my- he says. I'm off of this podcast. <laughs> I hope the match I'm I, off. I, I, come on, I'm
4: sure it'll be fine. Come on, man. Well, what, I, I, mean, what? I hope what could it,
3: go wrong? Look, I hope it's something, right? I hope it's something remarkable. I hope it's something that I can at the end of it remarkable, say I enjoyed.
4: He says. <laughs> Yo, tr- you, so <laughs> I'm really trying to be positive here, Rich. <laughs> so I, I did the, the two things they did this week. And and again, I'm not one of those all of this brace stuff is horrible. But But they, they, <laughs> they, no, let me let me finish. Let me finish. So I'm, I'm not one of those guys that thinks all this stuff is bad. Mm-hmm. But they've gotta stop doing these abrupt ends and just going, All well, right, real commercial and it's like, but wait a minute. Like the the Alexa thing this week, they did the they, they had Alexa come out and I thought Alexa cut a pretty good promo. Um mm-hmm. she and she gave the line of, you know, Bianca shouldn't be afraid of Bray or Uncle Howdy, she be, she should be afraid of me. And I was like, All right. And then Uncle Howdy comes out and he stands out there and they stare each other down from across the arena, cut the commercial and I was like, All right, mm-hmm. but We've got to get to a conclusion to some of this at some point. That's my point here. And like I said, I don't think it's bad, but it's like, if you're just going to keep ladling out us these small developments, we got to get somewhere at some point. This has been going on since October. (laughs) So uh, on to SmackDown, also, they made a pretty cool
2: uh, announcement that kind of has to do with a little bit of what Phil's been pitching for a long time. This tag team tournament, right? It doesn't seem like they're... splitting up the belts possibly that's where it seems like this is leading here like
4: Um, how do we finally
2: get to this point
4: yeah well we got to start with raw though because now your boy dom mysterio helped judgment day become the number one contenders for the raw tag team championship oh Um, okay i i haven't been the biggest dom guy As a wrestler, but character-wise, this guy is killing killing it. Like, listen, this week is when I finally had to just completely give it up and go. Look, Dom is killing it, man.
3: Yeah, no, honestly, when I tweeted that, um, and I could tell they're on the same pages as me. As a matter of fact, WWE on Fox tweeted uh, the the same thing. But when I tweeted that picture of Prison Mike from The Office, Mm -hmm. um, that was endearingly. I, I meant that from the perspective of the idea that dominic mysterio spent probably a night in jail mm-hmm. and <laughs> has come out with this completely changed persona like I, I i was in prison and like the idea of it is is hilarious and he's he's selling it really well and uh again it's it's prison mike all the way and it's great shit. um this is very very good i'm actually Unironically into Dominic Mysterio's new character. Yeah,
4: so, I mean, I I think it would have been very easy for them to do the Thanksgiving thing and then have him come back and repeat the thing in Christmas. But to give us the Christmas thing and we actually got like a pretty good development for two weeks of that was good because I, I I thought the Christmas thing was funny. I thought uh, I thought him going to jail and getting the the teardrop tattoo was also funny. But listen, him showing up and. And like the, the Grape Street flag and like the Cholo <laughs> shirt and everything. Hysterical. Um, his mm-hmm. his his pose when he came out was great. The 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 Martha Stewart line, all great stuff, man. Um Mm-mm. I thought that if anything that took a little bit of my enjoyment away is that I felt like Corey leaned into it too much. He he gave a really good line at the beginning of the match and then he just kept going. I was like, All right, you can you can style it back a little bit like because he he uh he referenced the Tupac at the beginning he uh he uh (laughs) he uh quoted ambitious of a rider Mm -hmm. and then he kept going back to the prison references all matching I was like all right uh, calm down. But, but raw
3: commentary, I think, is probably the – besides the, the crowds. Raw commentary, I think, is the thing hurting the show the most. I am not feeling Kevin Patrick. I, mm-hmm. I was willing to give him a few months on it to really start to gel with Corey Graves. I don't think – and it's not a knock against him. I just don't think the chemistry is there as a team. And uh, They I need to get
2: he, uh, Tom Phillips back, honestly. I mean, Tom uh, Phillips
3: – I thought Tom – I know. Mm-hmm. I, guess I thought that Tom Phillips, uh, Corey Graves, and mm-hmm. Byron Saxton Byron. were a great trio. Yeah, yeah I, I think like that him. trio just worked together very, very well. And WWE was just set on not letting them be a trio Like from the moment they broke. Like, because they were SmackDown Live's trio, and I thought SmackDown Live mm-hmm. had the best announcers. And then yeah. as soon as they went to Fox, they were like, actually, we don't want any of these three together again, mm-hmm. and we're going to make sure you don't get to see them together again. Um I do want to talk about Kevin versus Sammy from last night what, though.
4: What is going on in your house? Stuntless it sounds going like, on like somebody is like, like having like a right it's, in it's, it's
3: it's my kids. Um and I am going to
4: text my wife
3: really quick.
4: <laughs> it sounds like they are just like <laughs> get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like they are like full like white mode. up there. going
3: on. They're just so wrestling, funny. I'm sure.
2: No, it's just Saturday morning. It's lit. Hold on. I'm savage. Can't believe Will's going to watch Meg The Stein tonight. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> now, my friends recommended me that movie too, but I don't really watch movies like that. But they were like, it's super interesting, but nah, I don't really. Nah, Not for me.
3: J Love says, Do y'all feel TK knows how to book the bigger talent on the roster? Objectively speaking, I feel TK makes the big guys always lose. Um,
4: uh oh you yeah. mean like size big not like yes okay okay um, all right that's why I was, I was asking for a clarification too um mm-hmm. i i do think it's i i mean aw is definitely a company where smaller guys thrive mm-hmm. um so i can see that um i don't think that they've had that big guy that is a a legitimate star yet um and i don't know not no knock to anybody but I don't think that they've had a big guy that just has it like that. And I, and I feel like they've used big guys good sparingly. Like they got good stuff out of Archer, but Archer is far and away better in new Japan. Um,
3: I mean, I think it's just a simple case of who the AEW audience has gravitated toward. And I feel like the only big guy that they've ever gravitated toward was Wardlow. Wardlow. Um, but other than that, there's not really like a big push for those guys. And, uh, I think that you've got to cater to your audience. I don't know um, because I, I I I see it both ways. I see it as a side of well, big guys draw, but it's like, but also, you know what is working for you versus what isn't.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and I I would. I don't, I don't know. I, I
3: don't know who the big guy is that should be getting pushed and isn't. That's uh, my only thing.
4: Yeah. Yeah, and I would rather him go with what works than just try and go. Oh, this guy's big because we've seen that's what the other company does. Like, mm-hmm. big guy equals equals draw, mm-hmm. and not always. It's like so. I don't know. I think that he's gotten good things out of some big wrestlers, but I just don't think he's had that one that is just like an undeniable success story from yet. And I don't think um, any
2: of them get buried. Like, I don't think he's, like, out to bury the biggest guys. Like, most of them, like, the big homie has gotten some opportunities. He usually loses in the end. So, maybe I do see what you're saying. You're right.
3: <laughs> I think it's more so they use big guys more for the moments for the little guys, right? Because right. you look at, like, Big Bill getting uh, suplex this week, and it's 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 a moment for him.
4: Which was fire. The, the way that, that crowd fire. popped for that, that was... That was great. Yeah,
3: and that, that's more so what the big guys are used for is more like, all right, we're gonna create a moment now for yeah. this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh a new rag says, Do you think the story of Brian Danielson in AEW is he never gets the W in big matches slash title matches? He's lost multiple championship matches, could be interesting. I mean MJF brought that up to him that he, he said directly, like, you always lose the big one, Brian. You don't wanna you don't wanna face me because that's been your story this whole time.
4: Right. Yeah. Um yeah, I feel like he's he's eventually gonna get a big win. I feel like Brian doesn't need it. It sounds crazy, but he doesn't need it. I don't think Bryan. he wants it
2: at this point. <laughs> it's the crazy part. Uh
3: let's see, we got uh Deontay says, Just got in my bonus. Uh me and my homies watched Hard to Kill, SmackDown and Rampage all in a row. I, and I watched Stardom afterwards. Uh my She'll goal. My goal this year is to watch 100 hours of wrestling in one week. I'm much love, y'all. Hey, if you got the... I mean, look, there's only 168 hours in a week, so... Um,
2: Deontay acting like me out here watching 100 hours a week of wrestling and shit. That's, that's a lot of wrestling, man. That's, that's, a,
3: that's a lot of wrestling. Uh, and, and just to keep in mind, like I said, 168 hours in a week, which means that you aren't necessarily giving yourself... Uh, because what 68 divided by eight is is what that is (laughs) 8.5 so i suppose you are giving yourself uh time to sleep just barely not really giving yourself much time to shower or like eat or anything else uh so i'm just saying
4: you're like super ah you're joining the club now (laughs) wait what was that baby oh that's right
3: i mean hey this This is where we're at now.
2: I just want to get high. That's (laughs) it. I don't care.
3: (laughs) Hey! It's all about following leadership here at Fightful.
4: (laughs) It's like super sped up, Will. So it's like... It was like... Oh. Oh, you're moving. Yeah, you're
2: moving in uh, slow motion speed. Fast speed. Super fast.
3: God damn it. Uh... I guess I have to keep going, because if I refresh, I lose the Super Chats.
2: Okay, I think I stopped.
3: Okay, good. Uh, yeah, Lamora says, uh, if you're TK, do you change your approach to free agency this year? Because if mass cuts return to WWE, do you avoid signing people close to H? I think he does have to change the um, approach to signing people this year, just because not so much of the um, of people close to Triple H. I think it's the other way around this time. I think it's Uh, Like I said earlier in the show, uh, he got a lot out of people who weren't signed to WWE. And I think Mm -hmm. just the approach now of, you know, people who came in from the other side are probably going to have not just them having expectations, but the fans are going to have certain expectations that I think you may not get out of uh, other guys. I think the signing approach kind of does have to change in that sense anyway. Um, and, yeah, I also think that now mm. the shows are full right now. Like, at this point, I think it's interesting when I hear people go, I want to see this person go to WWE. I want to see this person go to AEW. And, like, uh, I I think, like, right now, that's a tough conversation to even think about because yeah. ain't nobody retiring, like, in mass right now. So w- where, where are these guys going to go? They, I don't feel like any show right now is, like, having a mass shortage of people like obviously you can always cycle people in and out but uh like on a main event level i don't see where uh you can like have a mass amount of guys go one way or the other way and i think that's why it's really important for guys to consider uh that it's not just about oh i should be here or i i'm here and i want to go there it's is there a spot for me there? And if not, not just is there a spot, but is there a path for me there? Because sometimes it's not about... Because you can get the spot, but um, or go there without a spot as long as you see a path. and uh, And that's for both companies. And so I think the signing approach in general just has to kind of shift. It's interesting that what I want to see going forward is are there going to be guys who... Sign with say WWE and bypass NXT because there's a lot of guys who I don't feel need it. Um, like boy, Jack-
4: when I saw that tweet this week and they were like Jay White to NXT, I was like, boy, if you don't get the that's fuck out crazy. of here, I do yeah, not want to see this man on NXT. Man, like this guy mm-hmm. wrestled in a dome. This guy yeah. headline uh, Madison Square Garden. He does not belong you in can't. NXT. <laughs> no, yeah. no,
3: and I think that. um you know, I look at it, it's kind of like AJ Styles, right? AJ Styles was an undeniable one. You could not bring that man into NXT. I don't care uh, who else was in NXT. You could not bring AJ Styles in and say, now go spend a couple of months down in Orlando. Not going to happen. No, I uh, do. And I think another one is like in MJF. If MJF decides to uh, jump ship one day, you don't send MJF to, to NXT. You gotta bring right. that man straight to the main roster. Like there's there's no way. And so it, it's it all depends on the approach. And I know guys, I have talked to guys who have straight up said if I were to go over there and they offered me NXT, I would say no.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Because at that point, you're telling me that everything I've worked for up until my uh, up until this point in my career, I'm still not good enough for your main television and that's what i'm going to sign for. So, no.
4: Yeah, nobody's nobody signed with WWE to go and wrestle for their developmental. I mean I mean
3: I mean some guys are going to end up doing so, right? Cuz like Dragon Lee, that's what ended up happening with him. He's going to NXT.
4: But I mean, yeah, but that's no that that's not what anybody wants to go there for. Everybody that wants to go there wants to be on the main two shows.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, nobody wants to go to NXT. That's the thing is that's no that's nobody's destination. That is the yeah. Like, okay, I'm there for the stepping stone, yeah, so let's see. we've got van twinblade says uh, c d is Curry man just had a match with Dan the dead, yeah, well mm-hmm. we well, of course we know that uh, <laughs> we've got uh let's see there is a another super chat here, I think. Alright, either way, you know what I want to talk about? Kevin versus Sammy. Mm-hmm. Main event of SmackDown last night. <sighs> these guys they have the the one fight forever chant that I mm-hmm. am good with being as true as possible. I could watch mm-hmm. these guys do what they do against each other forever. Honestly. The one match that they've ever had that i didn't care for was wrestlemania um mm-hmm. but other than that like when i think about the these two facing each other at what pay-per-view was that battleground i want to say 2016 mm-hmm.
2: 2016 at battleground
3: yeah mm-hmm. beautiful match right i thought they killed it in the smackdown main event last night and honestly uh i saw people downing on the fact that it was a dq finish
4: no no made it, sense here it, it 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 was the it was the rightful progression to this story, um, mm-hmm. because Kevin is the is the guy that Sammy cannot quit. Man, he's the guy right. that that's his real friend, and mm-hmm. so I think at if if you thought after Survivor Series the story's over, no, he's picked he picked Bloodline, and he's he's never gonna side with Kevin again. No, he 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 had that haluva kick lined up, and he and he hesitated for a minute, and. It was perfect. I think the way they did the DQ was perfect. Um, him being in a ring and going, "What are you guys doing here?" and just everything about it was great. Um, him thinking that Roman actually trusted him, and that you could see it washing over him that no, this was all always a setup for this to happen. He, you are just, you're just a soldier to him. You're not. He doesn't really believe in you.
3: This and, is a great
4: story. It, it's just great stuff, man. I mean, him afterwards. I mean. And we got to give Solo his 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 flowers, too. Solo has been amazing for the last three weeks. Um, I'm not usually a fan of those, like, Elias musical street fights, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. whatever they're called. But I thought Elias got a lot out of that match. I thought he came out of it and it had a really good finish out of that match. I thought he looked great this week. And him, the entire time everything was going down and the Usos are like, come on, come on, come down. And he's just like, nah, I'm trying to finish fucking this dude up. <laughs> 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 he did the huge flash and then he just like yells into the camera and like the whole time sammy is like destroyed and like like solo was looking around like what you think like we're here to beat this dude down
3: <laughs> yeah no i think this is yeah. uh just a continued progression of what i think is one of the best stories yeah. that wwe has going for them it's told I, really well it's a great stuff I,
4: I would say uh the way that uh the way that they've handled nxt call-ups recently is uh it's a little bit uh it's good It, it makes me feel optimistic of where they're going with nxt for now because um i was skeptical of course with the name change with gunther but i think gunther has been incredible and i think that they've done really good with walt with uh solo since they called him up as well we don't have to talk about that random Title incident of him vacating mm-hmm. the title, but everything other than that and the way they've built him has been really good.
2: Solo uh, pretty much just went to the main roster. He well, how long was he in NXT for? Like three weeks or something? Like he was. They should, they could have just longer. sent him right to the to the bloodline at this point.
4: Yeah, uh, but yeah, this definitely makes me feel like, and I've been thinking this for a while. Um, we're all waiting for um, the bloodline to to turn on Sammy, but I feel Mm. like he's going to turn on them first. And I've been thinking that for a while. I think he's going to betray them first, especially like when you look at Jay in this, in this segment too. And I was like, yeah, I think he's going to turn on them first. And I think he's going to do something to side with Kevin.
3: Mm. I'm looking by the way, at the AEW roster at the moment. Uh, and just to see what updates they've made, they did remove Frankie Kazarian. He is officially no longer on the roster. He was last night. They also removed AQA, um, who was on the roster as of yesterday. So, uh, that's all been kind of updated and
4: yeah, I hope AQA is all right.
2: Yeah.
3: Same here.
4: Do I have any updates on her, so I know she took a break. Um, so I hope she's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um, I I feel like that roster page is kind of a a decent indicator of things. I remember I talked to um, to Alan Angels because he was on the roster for like two months after he was uh, after he left the company, and I just straight up asked him, um, "Do you know why you're still on the roster page?" And he's like, "I don't fucking know," <laughs> and I asked him, and eventually he was pulled from the roster. So. That is a uh just interesting update as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no real other updates on it. Just looking at seeing if there's anybody who's there or not there. I know Yuka Sakazaki's back in the States now, so she's and she on elevation this week, as Reg saw. Um, mm-hmm. she does motion for the Ring of Honor title. It looks like they're gonna do Yuka Sakazaki versus mm. uh versus athena athena
4: sounds dope uh yeah yeah. saw her enjoying a lakers game had feet kicked up with the jays on (laughs) shout out to (laughs) to you
3: yeah -hmm. so she's back in the states right now and yeah going for the ring of honor title it sounds like that should be a dope match definitely uh ryan says don't usually get to catch you guys live anymore but still on my must listen list just saying you three are some of my favorite voices in
2: wrestling thank you i appreciate you appreciate that ryan thank you uh
3: okay so Corey asks got any idea where naomi might go i mean i think she's a rumble return i think that that's it i think she'll be the big pop of the royal rumble this year
4: Yeah, I I hope they don't just use her as a big pop and don't have any plans for her. Um, I hope that they do something with her when she comes back. Because I feel like this is a chance to actually give her a big, meaningful singles run. Um, I feel like the controversy of it, you could turn this into something. Um, So, fingers crossed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know
3: uh let's see Louis says uh i still own a jj barrera jersey despite being a bulls diehard."
4: yo barrera was going crazy in that dallas <laughs> that, that, i'm telling you man that was what some of the most fun i've had watching basketball man deshaun mm-hmm. stevenson doing that strut after he hit that three just a fun series
3: i still don't know what i'm gonna buy with my um uh, christmas gift and uh, I got a uh, a gift card to Fanatics, and I was like looking oh. at jerseys to maybe buy, and I'm like, what do I do with this? Shout out Denise, by the way. That was my Christmas gift this year. And I'm like, what do I do with this? What do I buy? And uh, uh buy I was like, looking we'll at jerseys. I don't think it's funny, huh? <laughs>
4: is, speaking of which, I <laughs> am to not get a, I am not a big big uh football fan, but Chicago Bears. Number one pick in the draft. Come on, man. Lovey Smith uh taking that dive for the team. Appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate not you. Dive. I, I I figured he was gonna get fired. They fired that man before the day was over. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, hey, come on, man. Always loyal to Chicago squad, man. I think yeah. they're probably gonna trade that pick, but this is a pretty big deal. They haven't had the number one pick since, like, I don't know, like 1947 or some crazy year. Like, 19, mm. way before I was born. <laughs> right. Uh,
3: I I don't know. I'm going to be watching some football today. Obviously, Broncos blew it this season. But I will say, those last couple of games, all of a sudden, you know, the, uh, a lot of people were blaming Russ. But something changed coaching-wise because... For a team that couldn't score any touchdowns uh before they fired the coach all of a sudden could so we'll see what happens next season i don't know uh derek says i hated lebron before but after he hit that shot to beat the bulls and ruin my christmas he is forever my enemy
4: He knows. Uh, i told y'all that i told y'all the villain story of, of how i this this started and how i wasn't the biggest fan but it was that one moment where he took that obvious, obvious flop on to the bulls, and he looked right in the camera and winked, and I said, yeah, fuck this guy.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bored Dude. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Bored Dude 360 uh, is very adamant about this. So let's see. He says... This Bray shit is trash. Quit playing when you got to pull out all the mental ge- or all kind of mental gymnastics. The bit sucks. All right. Look. <laughs> hey,
4: if that's how you feel. That's how you feel.
3: I you Okay. I I have definitely checked out. Like I really th- that first week I was like, "Hey, we're seeing Bray as a real person. We're seeing some uh, a different side of Bray, like that first week, but that was in October, and this shit has gone nowhere. I am not like I keep seeing people throw out the term "cinema," and they're like, "This is cinema," and it's it's building up to something bigger, and and this is what wrestling's all about. <sighs> sure, if that's your thing, enjoy. I have mentally checked out of all things Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. I am not into it. I don't fucking care.
4: Um, why why L A Knight catching strays? What did
3: what <laughs> <laughs> he did? nothing. He's there too. I don't. Th- I don't think they did the work to really do anything with L A Knight. Like they just were like, "Hey, you remember that uh, Max Dupree? Actually, he's L A Knight. Here you go."
4: Yeah, I think they are counting on people watching NXT to understand the L A Knight stuff. Um, I don't know. I enjoy L A Knight. I think that. Uh, I think that he's funny. Um, I just don't think this is a good first feud for him, and I've, I've said that before. I just don't think that if you're trying to establish him and get people to like him, it was a bad idea to put him against Bray.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, and look, I, I, I really have the I, I really have checked out on Bray. I am uh, <laughs> if,
5: you
2: know, if I speak,
4: Come on, man. The, the Kotalik uh, reference in there. The, the, the Rock. LA Knight is the Rock.
3: <laughs> Brent Lockman says, so Darby Kushida 2023 is going to be a fever dream. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy year. I think I'm- they are set on giving. Because, again, this is what I said last week, right? I said Darby with the TNT title. I want to see just him every week having killer defenses. Just defend, defend, defend. Because I would take the belt off of him at Revolution. I would have Powerhouse Hobbs beat him at Revolution. But in the meantime, because I think he should have kind of a valiant... Like, one thing Darby does really well is work against big guys. And I Mm -hmm. think that he should have a valiant effort against Powerhouse. But ultimately, Hobbs should win. But in the meantime we're two months away from that. And I think that if for the next eight weeks you just have Darby just going out there having killer defenses every single week until it's time, you could end up cementing Darby's second reign as being just as good as his first. And his first was really good.
4: Mm -hmm. Look, uh, yeah, I I see the story they're building here of Pops coming on every week and saying, I am going to. The next person I get in the ring, I am going to take out all of my frustrations on him. And the ultimate masochist in wrestling is Darby Allin. And yeah. the guy that's going to vote the hardest for him and take all of this punishment that he's willing to come in this ring and do is, is Darby. So I feel like that's where they're building towards.
3: I think it's not a coincidence that they ran that Book of Hobbs segment this week right after Darby versus um, versus Juice. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's exactly where it's going is... Hobbs is coming for Darby next and taking the TNT title in his hometown of San Francisco, well, the Bay Area, and taking it in front of the Bay Area fans. I think is the move here. That's just my gut feeling.
4: Yeah, and yeah, and Darby's been Darby's been killing it, man. Uh, it's good to see Darby as a singles wrestler again. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be yeah, weird I'm super seeing Darby.
2: Darby's a uh, TNT title run. He's dope. Like, in this because she the match is gonna be nuts. I don't, I, I don't know what Tony is on. Tony Khan, but he's on some good shit right now because he's been making some incredible, incredible matches. This dynamite I just was at, I thought was like, oh shit, this was one in a, an all timer. But then he starts announcing matches for next week. Young Bucks and Top Fighter working willow and tony are going at it like bandito and brian danielson like yo
3: it's... bandito and brian danielson wow. also feels like I mean, something that feels like a fantasy if i said in 2021 uh, a in 2021 you are going to see brian danielson facing bandito one-on-one
5: mm-hmm. yeah
4: so i feel like people are going to do this because i feel like this is building to max beating brian and let's go and so I feel like what people are gonna do is, oh well, uh Brian's run sucks because he always loses. No, the whole point of the build to this match is to give us all the great matches, and so he's gonna have all these great matches with all these opponents, and he's gonna win, and then he's gonna get there and lose to mm-hmm. a younger guy. That's yep. kind of what he's supposed to do, but exactly. Um, this Akeeshan match was incredible. And I oh my god. I I think it's unfortunate that people were making a big deal about some of the other stuff around it uh, yeah. and not talking about the match itself. Cause the match itself was very good. And we knew the Fire. match was going to be good. Um, man, the is he's special, man. He's, he's over, over his Rover. And I know I just said that we got to rid the world of the world right over, but this guy is super, <laughs> he's <is right>. over. <laughs> um, well, this, what are
2: your thoughts Phil Lindsay on what young Maxwell Jacob Friedman yeah, assume. so so apparently, so, apparently so the he's thing, me and Reg, channeling Disco Inferno or some shit. I don't know.
3: So me and Reg just talked about this on Day After Dynamite. So uh, if you haven't seen our takes on it, Day After Dynamite yesterday, me and Reg uh, was my guest on that show. Uh, but what was your takes on it?
5: <laughs>
3: mine was, so mine was, I think that, so one of the big topics of wrestling tour, and this is probably one of the things that AEW does that... um probably they should avoid a little bit is that sometimes they can let the topics of wrestling twitter make its way into the tv show a little too heavily one of the topics on wrestling twitter this week was after the Takeshita match was announced Disco Inferno decided to rag on um, Takeshita a bit that he was like well he'll never be a star because he doesn't speak english or something along those lines right and so um, it would have been, and, and some AEW people came to Takeshita's defense. Don, Don Callis especially was like, you know, nobody ever tuned in for a Disco Inferno <laughs> match, like all that stuff. And so my whole thing was I got what this was supposed to be for anybody who was paying attention to that whole debate there because the mm-hmm. Take a shit a thing, that's a thing that Jim Cornette says all the time about yes. Disco, I mean, about um, Takeshita. So I got this was supposed to be the moment where they channeled all of that stuff into somebody on screen to throw at Takeshita so that Takeshita could finally make a comeback at it all on screen. All the stuff that the the, the old wrestling heads get to say. MJF took all of that, ran with it, and uh, that's where Takeshita got to tell him, kiss my ass. I think it was a backwards segment, though, because I think that that should have been the end. He should have gone after the celebrities first. And then gone for Takeshita, and Takeshita should have gotten the final word. But the way that it played out was that they did the Takeshita stuff first. Takeshita did get to put egg on MJF's face, um, where he was like, speak English. and Or no, he said speak American. He made sure to say it like a dumbass would. Um, yeah. And he told him speak American. I think that played out backwards. Because after he did it, then Takeshita's like, and now I have to leave the ring and stand here while MJF does this even more to the celebrities flip flop that I think it would have come off better Um, I do think that MJF has fallen into some of the tropes that he started with right it feels very much like the character he was when he came into AEW of uh, picking at low hanging fruit and basically just like berating the fans in a very cheap fashion whereas this past year MJF really had some good character depth stuff in, in the stuff with Regal and the stuff with CM Punk. We got to see a lot of depth out of MJF, and it really feels like the last three weeks with his title reign have felt more regressive. It feels more like the cheap stuff that he started with.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm and then disagree. my thing was uh, I thought yep. at the end of the day, we're dunking on Jim Cornette and Disco Inferno, who gives a shit about those guys? We shouldn't give them any TV time. We shouldn't give them any, we shouldn't give them any fuel to be able to say whatever. Like, oh, we really dunked on Disco Inferno. We really showed him. Who gives a shit? I don't care about him. Most of the average fan don't even know who this fucking loser is. But, so why are we I mean, for I, I
3: but, but but I get it we because
2: d- get shit off.
3: I think it's more so for the um again, it's trying to like almost take the power away from it in a sense. I get what they're trying to do. Um, I just think that you could also just ignore it and it goes away too. But, uh, because, because again, it was a big topic on wrestling Twitter this week and AEW fans found themselves in a tizzy over defending Takeshita. And so it was one of those, what if we took the heat and put it on one of our characters and that way Takeshita can still get the one up on the character on screen rather than on the, uh, the podcaster who has nothing to do with our show.
4: Right yeah i get i get all that i just uh
3: i got the I logic of it i just feel like you yeah. could also ignore it
4: totally i i i don't agree that he's regressed and this is why oh, okay i i think that i think that i i pretty much pointed out the entire time not just during the cm punk um program but during the regal stuff all the way to his time coming back that he's been telling you guys like no I know you guys want to cheer for me, but I am a terrible person. Yep. And everybody that is not seeing it and people that were buying into this might lead to a heel turn. Maybe he's going to be a tweener. No, I am the devil. I've been telling you this since All Out. You're not listening. I've been telling you this since the punk program. This is who I am. If you want to go even further back, I've been telling you this since I turned on Cody Rhodes. This is who I am. And so... I feel like people that keep buying in and, and the meta commentary of this, and I know people are going to go, oh, you know, yeah, it's not that deep. The meta commentary of this, that people want to cheer for heels. And it is very yep. hard to be a heel today. Um, Almost impossible. Yeah, and I feel like people have gotten, he's gotten so popular, people want to cheer for him. And I feel like now he's trying to turn it back around and go, no, you're supposed to boo me. You're supposed to hate me, that's it. And, and so look, I, I, I get what he's doing. I get he's taking stuff that the AEW crowd does not like and he's bringing it to TV. He's been doing it for weeks. When he came on last week and he brought on and he he mentioned cornet, he mentioned Disco and I get, I understand what you mean, don't give these guys energy. But I thought that what he did here was specifically to give Takesh to the moment to get cheered and it worked. He got cheered the first time he spoke Jap- Japanese to him. It popped. He got a big pop. He, he got a huge pop for it, and that's mm-hmm. that's why it worked. It wasn't it wasn't to say, all right, let's bring the disco talking point to TV to dunk on disco. It was to say, no, disco is wrong, and he is he is clearly wrong because listen to this crowd. And and I got that like that.
3: That's what I was saying here was that I don't think it was to dunk on disco as much as it was to take the point that was being argued and to show him to show that it's wrong because it's one of those, um, you know, a Japanese wrestler can't get over if he can't speak English, any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And one, it was like, um, Takeshi to show two things. One, I am over and two. I can speak English. Like it was two quick things. Two,
4: (laughs) I felt like it was very simple what they did. Now, when we get into, was this segment racist? Alright, let's 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 do the let's do the thing. Mm-hmm. Is is what the stuff he was expounding racist? Yes, because it was coming from an ignorant and racist take. But I feel like there's a way to use these things in a way. And I saw people like comparing it to like the, the Booker and Triple H thing. This isn't the same thing for two reasons. No. Very um, different. A, um Triple H was never proven wrong. Right. Think about what
3: Hunter said there. Hunter he, said, he guys, like you, yeah, he, guys like you aren't here to be guys like me. Guys like you don't belong in the ring with guys like me. Uh, and people like you are here to make me laugh. And mm-hmm. you do it very well with your nappy hair and your suckers. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, and so um, he was never proven wrong because he lost to him. And what did he do after that? He went back to being a joke character. Mm-hmm. So he was never proven wrong.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: MJF was very clearly proven wrong here. And it's not just that. Um, it took everything that he has built, the, the disguise of what people thought his, put his, his face character would have been, and it proved that he was a hypocrite because he came out in that punk pro, promo, promo and said, oh, I got picked on for being Jewish. And what that told us is, no, he played on that for sympathy to get you to believe in him, but he was always lying to you. That's the, that's the character, he's a liar, he's an opportunist. That's it. And like I said, do I think, that, do I think it's a good idea to play into something racist because you might enable people that are actually racist? Absolutely not, I don't think that it is. But I think, it is, I think you are being absolutely obtuse if you think that anybody that said what he did in that promo to help to catch, to get that moment on TV is supporting racism. You're just being obtuse just for the sake of. And Fair so enough. I don't I don't I I don't agree with MJF um, talking points? I don't agree with disco talking points. What have I said many times on this podcast when you bring up disco, Will? I said, stop engaging this dude. Who gives a fuck <laughs> about him? I said every fucking time. Mm-hmm. So I'm done guys- engaging. That's
3: a 2023 New Year's resolution. Are you kidding me? I was very yeah. tempted to dunk on Disco Inferno, and I was like, nope, this is what he does. No, no, not yeah,
4: so, yeah. so, so to have people that don't listen to this podcast or don't follow me regularly, then say that, all right, well, you're saying that MJ did a good job, so that means that oh, you're, you're you defending support racism. Disco. You yeah. you're defending disco. Like who? What are we talking about? Do you guys listen to me at all? Mm-hmm. Why would you think that would be me? Well, I'm not going to get into that. I digress. Um, the 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 whole point in this promo, like I said, was to give to catch to his moment on screen, and it worked. Now, do I think that the segment was too long? Yes. Do I think that all the other stuff he did in it? Like going and pointing out to people in the crowd, like like Freddie Prince Jr. and, and Ken Jung, all of that stuff went on too long. Yes, it did. But I can also say that he, what he did here worked. I can also say that as a champion, and as a brand ambassador, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you have this man for.
3: Like, like Except, I said, I would have just swapped the order of the segment to be honest. Yes. I think that like I actually thought that the heat on on Kim Jong and like the fact that people actually chanted for Freddie was was yep. interesting. Um I honestly mm-hmm. just would've swapped the order of him. I think that he should have yeah. gone in on them first, then gone for Takeshita. Takeshida gets the, the big comeback in the moment, and then the Brian match begins. It should have been straight right. into the match with Brian.
4: Yeah, because they what they were trying to do is Takeshita came out and then MJF interrupted him. What it should have been is that MJF came out before before the match, yeah. and then Takeshi just came out later. Um, mm-hmm. But I I just think that people, I just think that people are doing this thing, and this is again what I have said that I've grown to dislike about Twitter, it, that Twitter doesn't debate the actual merit of something. They debate with people that enjoy something, and they they try to mm-hmm. look for gotcha moments and shit. Instead of actually That's having a bar, a, holy shit. Instead mm-hmm. of actually having a fair argument with them. And I, I despise that about Twitter. And that if you've noticed, that is why I've drawn back further and further of tweeting my opinions on things because I just find it doesn't matter. I just find like it doesn't matter what you enjoy, it doesn't matter what you dislike. People will only see the picture next to it and argue with that. They're not arguing with the point, they're arguing with the face next to it.
3: Damn. People don't Spend. argue the merits of something; they just want to argue with people that mm. enjoyed it. That is
2: mm. 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 fire. You
3: just described wrestling Twitter in in, in totality, and that is damn.
4: Philip Lindsay. I'm on the motherfucker. Blenzi, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at right now. And so again, look. People can think whatever they want to think about me. They can think whatever they want about takes. You can think whatever you want about MJF. Look, if you think all this MJF stuff, stuff sucks, great. That's your opinion. If you think Bray sucks, fine. I don't give a, I don't give two shits. But when you make it personal, that's when I'm tapping out. I can't do that. Boom. I can't do that with you because this is just shit with, with guys and tights wrestling. It's not that serious.
3: I, I fully agree with that, by the way, because that's a thing that I encounter a whole lot where I will say my opinion on something and all of a sudden I get I'll never engage them. I ignore it. But it's always like, actually, yeah, the take and, is about this person and, and whatever.
4: And look, the other part of this and there's other things in this that I don't care to talk about on this podcast. But the thing that I am I am growing to dislike a lot again about this course on Twitter Is that I find that, how do I put this in the most polite way, (laughs) in a a time (laughs) where I don't want to be polite. Um, I find that people, I find, find that people dislike people's takes, so they then turn that into a vendetta against people. And they'll, they'll, so they'll, they'll search out things, and they don't follow this person, but they'll, they'll just go and look at all of their tweets, and they'll harbor this thing, and wait for that one moment. They'll pray and pray for that downfall, and then when they finally think they got it, aha I got gotcha. you. No, you don't. You're a fucking idiot, and what <laughs> you look like is you, you look like a guy that is, is, is lurking around on people's pages for a way to get on them for nothing. It's stupid. Get a life. Grow the fuck up. Find something else to do.
2: Boom. Boom. There you go. Boom bow surprise. And really on Max uh to end it out, the moral of the story and a great point that Phil made, they were never, ever, ever going to boo Max at the rate that he was going. The rate the thing that he no. was doing Stuff that they like, they were never gonna boo him. And he wants to be booed. No matter what how you guys feel about him, this is a heel to the fucking core. He don't want to be a baby face. He don't like them cheers. When he does them cheers, that's for fakes. He wants to be booed. And the way to be booed is, is fucking cheap heat. Cheap heat sucks, but th- cheap heat works when look, you're a man, fucking heel like this.
4: I, I look again, do I like all of the stuff that Max is doing? No. But mm-hmm. that's why he does it. It's because he exactly. it's to get booed. And when people are like, oh, this sucked. I hated it. You're not supposed to like it. I, I and every time I say that people are like, oh, no, we're supposed to enjoy everything. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. not supposed to enjoy everything. There's so no Corbett world where Corpening. you enjoy everything.
2: When Corbin and JBL come out, I hate that shit, and I'm supposed to. JBL is listening an emotion for me for a reason. It's the same shit. It's fucking pro wrestling, you guys.
3: Pastor Phil just spoke a word.
4: <laughs> Listen, I, I said at the top of this podcast that I was coming down to the mountaintop, and I am going back to my mountaintop after this podcast is over. Um Enjoy wrestling, man. I'm sorry. Just enjoy wrestling. Stop seeking out things that you don't enjoy to be upset, man. Just stop. That's it's it. a waste That's of your all. time.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see. Bruce LB says, Will, you kill me. It's pronounced Takeshita. Know what I was saying? What did what I say differently?
4: Saying? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Well, no. Takeshita.
2: I just can't um, believe we went two hours into the show and haven't talked about Grandpa
4: yet. It's crazy out here. Because oh, we, we don't want to. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: Nobody wants <laughs> to. Well, J.B. Love says 100% what Phil said. Those trolls have no interest in facts or even being right. They just want to win the argument in their eyes. They should be ignored always. That's Shout out to J.B.
2: for pissing everybody off on camera this week with his blue hoodie on Dynamite. Everybody's mad Shout out to JB.
3: Uh, let's see. Ryan says thoughts on that action Stark's face promo later.
4: Uh, I hated it. Um, I I as somebody that enjoyed JAS a lot when they started, I am further and further getting away from enjoying the JAS stuff. It's just yeah. for me. I,
3: I I didn't like really it it fell off for yeah. me and I said it's not day after dynamite when they started going in on um tie I thought yeah. that was unnecessary and so didn't sad. help anything it didn't pop anybody like I I didn't think any of that needed to happen and I feel like like that's why are you doing guys
2: doing this damn Lambert thing again the same shit we were putting I don't want that fucking oh my ties, god this, this and is, this like, is the... what are
4: y'all talking about so this is also the funny thing about people this this wednesday is that i have been saying from the beginning i hate the lambert stuff mm-hmm. hate it so for people to go oh you're just defending anything aw i've hated the fucking dan lambert stuff hated it <laughs> and i made it clear i hated it so again yeah. these are people that don't look at your tweets on a regular or don't listen to anything you actually say they're just looking for gotcha moment mm-hmm yeah, Shame and that monster. promo, I'm
2: under the impression that they took away from the latter match at the end, so I really super-duper hate that promo, because, like, why is this promo? This could have been a backstage segment in 30 seconds, and we could have got the Ricky Starks and Jake Hager match and been out of here, but we gotta be out here for fucking 10 minutes with this bullshit.
4: Yeah, and it's 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 turning into what I feared, and I hope I'm wrong. I just wanted Ricky, Ricky to beat him and move on. <laughs>
3: Now, I knew this was was going to be taken to revolution. I knew it.
4: This is what I'm saying. He beat him, and then you had to have the beat down afterwards to keep it going. No, he beat him. Move on. And now you got to get, all right, well, he beat him. Here goes action. And we're now still cutting promos on JAS. We're still doing the same talking points. Now Starks is going to wrestle every
2: member of JAS till he gets back to Chris Jericho. It's like, wow.
4: Don't God. want it, man.
3: <laughs> I mean, like I said, I knew it was always going to go to Revolution. I just hope it ends there. I hope it's not one of those. Actually, Revolution was just the start. This, I swear to God, because I know no. it's a, I know it's a favorite AEW phrase, but I swear if I hear the phrase, this is far from over, um, uh, because every no. <laughs>
4: My...
2: <laughs> Chris Jericho loves screaming that on Rampage, like shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, I, I don't want to hear the phrase far from over after Revolution. I'm willing to take it to Revolution because it is still the biggest match of Ricky Starks' career. It's still the biggest feud he's ever had. Um, Chris Jericho is the is the top of Ricky Starks right now. So I get him needing to get the big match on a big stage. Revolution's fine for that. What I don't want to see, though, is actually now we're going to do this in this match. And then we're going to do this in this match. And now it's going to be the JAS versus Ricky Starks and his team no Mm -mm. ended at revolution move on shame monster says should tk consider bringing back kylie ray wwe didn't seem to sign she can go back to bill pumpkin's dumpster fire and impact wasn't a great fit or she can't go back um
4: (sighs) i disagree that impact wasn't a great fit i thought that she was fine there i think that she left before she had the big match um i don't know i don't know if she can go back there I, I I don't I don't know if that door is still open. Um, I want her on I want her to wrestle on TV. I really do. I don't know where that is. Um, I don't know. I, I would not mind seeing her go back to AEW. I feel like there were fusions there that would have been great for her. Um, I don't know. I hope that she's doing well though, and I,
2: you know, hope for the best for her. Did you guys speak? I was going to say she could go to NXT, but it just made me think. There's a new NXT gimmick. Did you guys see? She's a, a podcaster guys seen this no there's a new woman on nxt and she's a podcasting she talks and like and then we're gonna broadcast and i'm gonna it's terrible
4: all right <laughs> um does she, she talking to the same blue yeti that uh, uh Nikki, nikita lions was singing into when she was going I, on, <laughs> I didn't see
2: <laughs>
5: So, listen.
4: Sometimes, uh, sometimes I watch NXT and I don't live tweet about it. I just watch it just to to see bits and pieces of it, mm-hmm. and it's because you know, friend of the show, Emilio, likes NXT, and so sometimes he calls me while it's on, and we sit and watch bits and pieces of it together. And I'm just like, I can't, man. I, 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 <laughs> can't, I can't do it, and I'll end, I'll end up turning back to Food Network and watching Chopped, and Straight so, up. something else. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm.
3: Drew Nicholas says, My conspiracy theory is that the J.S. Stark's Andretti promo was to get the crowd back up from realizing Mercedes wasn't showing up. Crowd is mad, let them sing Judas. That's probably it. So um I, I I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think they did think that the crowd was probably gonna be kind of eh, as mad. But Reg, on the other hand, was off in the bathroom. Uh, during <laughs> Judas,
2: not say so, that the Jericho appreciation is like, all
4: right, Let me through, bro. I gotta get to. Dun, it. Dun, da, dun, dun. Uh, no, so,
2: absolutely
4: not. So, so, Reg, is somebody in the crowd? Mm-hmm. What was the feeling when we didn't get Mercedes out there?
2: It's the issue is Phil, is like most people in the crowd, like people bought tickets off the backs of thinking that Mercedes were here. So there was an energy. In the air from the jump, people are, you can hear, you know, when you're standing in the wrestling show, you can hear people talking about things. And all you hear in everybody's little conversations, Mercedes, 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 everybody's talking about Mercedes. So I'm like,
4: "Money." we're all
2: prepared. Yeah, we're all prepared. I'm sitting next to two black homies. We're all, everybody's super excited about this. So the match happens. And like I told Will yesterday on the show, I still don't know what the finish of that tag match is because we were all so ready For this moment, ready for, like, okay, as soon as there's a three, the lights are going to go out or she's going to come from underneath or whatever. So when Sheeta comes out, it made people even more. So we're like, okay, this going to be three on three. Then everybody's like, then here comes. Here's the moment. So like, it's all going down. It's all happening. One, two, three, nothing happens. And then at one point they turn the lights out to Did do they? another yeah they oh, turned to, the to for the video in the package crowd, in the yeah to do a video package so when the lights went out we're like yeah and then it wasn't
4: <laughs> so 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 two things happened on this show <laughs> that i was just like ooh, she's really not coming so um i was under the belief that cole was coming back last week and so yes uh, yes when he, he came back when he came back mm-hmm. this week, I was like, oh, they saved his, his return for this week because Mercedes not coming. And yeah, so, that
2: wasn't a good time. You're right. <laughs>
4: <and> yeah, so, <laughs> because
3: we did, I, I did get a little bit of a, I guess I'll say that in hindsight now, that I did get a scoop that Cole was on his way back, and yeah. um, I didn't get it. I didn't know for what week, um, but the week I was told it was happening was January 4th, and mm-hmm. so... Uh, But then when the run sheet came out for January 4th, they didn't have anything on it. So there's nothing to report there. Um, And then it was like, uh, ah. of course the, the run sheet came out. We got our hands on the run sheet for um, January 11th and it had the TBD on it. And nobody knew what the TBD was. And it turned out to be Adam Cole. Uh, And it's, excalibur even references that on commentary says uh we had no idea it literally says tbd on our uh on our run sheet but yeah i didn't even think about that that yeah he was supposed to come back on january 4th and didn't and so so that's why i I can see what phil's theory is that something was supposed (laughs) to happen that they were probably under some kind of impression or belief that she was going to be there and something changed in the last couple of weeks
4: there's too much mm-hmm. there's too much around this to to make me believe that she was going to be there. This isn't something people just pulled out of the miasma. No, this was no. this was there were there were plenty of hints to make you think that she was coming. Um yeah, uh and by the way, Adam Cole's promo was really good. Um all, all of it, he said it's tremendous. it was tremendous was was really real. I think it's the best thing he's done for AEW since he's been there. Um, and I'm excited for what he does since, now that he's back. Um, I And that pop believe... was
2: insane.
4: Oh, my God. I mean, it's, People it's cold. Going he's nice. going to get a pop. But, yeah, yeah he's... Yeah, I, I really believe he will be AEW champion someday. Uh, yes. I believe it, too. So, the Mercedes stuff is interesting because um, I was sitting there like, okay, this doesn't hurt this match until it got to the finish. And yeah. I did not like this finish. Boy, I didn't mm-hmm. like this finish. Um, because, to me, I feel like... Uh, A.W.'s gotten into this trend of they have to tease out every turn now and right. I felt like if you're just going to turn, she did, just turn her. And so to have her throw that Kindle stick in the ring and then look around like, oh what did I do afterwards? I was like, ah no, don't do that. Just, just have her turn man. Like mm-hmm. I, I just didn't like that Um and I just thought Everything about it just was just like this felt very this felt very last minute. This felt like a last minute change to the match, um, mm-hmm. and I, I thought most of the match itself was fine. Um, there were some spots in there that didn't really work, but I thought the match in itself was fine until that finish. I did not like that finish.
3: <laughs> yeah. I um, All right, I'm just gonna be honest though. I feel like Soraya is wrestling in a very divas era manner. WWE. I agree. And it's,
2: uh, that little spot that she did where she took, bring them to the ropes and bring them back, bring them to the ropes and bring them back. That's like a, such a fucking glow era wrestling spot. And like, we don't want to see that shit. Soraya.
3: Yeah. I think the rest of the division is so far past that.
4: And like you're in the
2: ring with Jamie Hader and fucking Tony storm. They don't, they go.
4: They go for it. Well, I I think she's still adjusting to the difference in style from being a WWE wrestler for so long and then wrestling somewhere else. And just it's a difference between, you know, what the crowd gets hyped for promo wise and match wise. I just don't think she's used to it yet. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah um a new rag says what's the chance of brian danielson signing a new contract with aew similar to mox jericho type deal brian danielson has stated that this is his last run as a full-timer roh weekly win um they said we're supposed to hear in january there's still 17 days left in january so um there's still time uh and as far as brian danielson is concerned i mean like i know he's pretty instrumental in in the shape of aew that he does a whole lot of Training with the wrestlers, all of that. I don't know uh, what he signs next. Um mm-hmm. I know people think he's gonna go back to WWE. I don't know. Yeah, from everything I hear, he is. It sounds happy. like he's
2: saying this is it. Like after this contract, he's not gonna sign a full time wrestling contract anywhere
4: at this point, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I think he's done after this.
3: Uh, JB Love says, "Oh yeah, I had no idea I became a Twitter villain uh, myself Wednesday. I was jet lagged and a little drunk and uh, oblivious until my friend pulled uh, my big ass down. Thanks for getting my back Reg. Much love to Will and Pastor Phil too." Uh and Phantom says, "Um seems like TK set those women up to fail. I mean, uh, like I said Tony. you kind of see a, You could definitely see uh Tony Storm with a little bit of a boobo face look on her face yeah. and I think it was one of those like I'm being thrown to the wolves kind of look, and uh I'm not sure what what was was happening there, but hey, before we got one more big thing to talk about, it was the biggest thing to happen this entire week
2: it's <laughs> entire year.
4: the vince
3: the Vince saga continues
4: don't 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 don't.
3: Yeah. And uh, a lot of rumors started swirling that evening. We started seeing all of the rumors surrounding whether or not Vince McMahon was uh, fully back in control. He is officially the executive chairman of the board. And uh, with Stephanie's resignation, that makes Nick Khan officially the CEO. People were wondering, what does this mean for Hunter? Um, and there was a rumor that was floating around that was not correct. That Hunter was being moved to international events was not a correct rumor. There was an even bigger rumor floating around that WWE had agreed to, uh, sell to the Saudi public investment fund that was, um, confirmed the next morning to be not true. Um, although I am of the belief that there is smoke to that fire. I, I'm of the belief that that uh, I think the reports that it was a done deal were premature. And I think everybody, there were a lot of people who were noticing that. They were like, a done deal? Like, that can't happen that fast. Just too There's fast. no way. Yeah, it all happened too fast. Uh, and, you know, there was a report out of Reddit and a tweet that had, um, from Steve Mielhausen, that basically had said that this was a done deal. But again, I do think there's smoke to the fire. I think that the Saudi Public Investment Fund is probably the one of the top contenders to buy it. But at the end of the day, we now know WWE is going to be sold to somebody, and probably soon. Uh, Crazy,
2: Um, insane, yeah.
4: And
3: (laughs) well, I'll go ahead.
4: There are many things that night that I thought were interesting. Um, Just some of the some of the tweeting about it, and some of the vague tweeting about it was funny um but whoever put put that ron browse record over the smackdown intro <laughs> i cried laughing at that that yeah. that was really really funny um mm-hmm. if people don't know what i'm saying that, that somebody put uh the arab money mm-hmm. over over the smackdown intro very mm-hmm. funny i don't know for whatever reason it's just to, just when it gets to the part of of Kofi and Woods dancing and it's still playing. It's just really, really funny to me. Um, so I don't know, man. Like I think people that are jumping all over Steve and Steve's a good dude. Um, I see Steve all the time. I mean, literally almost every time I go to a show and Steve is tweeting, I am like, oh, you're at the show. And he's like, yeah, I'm like two seats down. And I'm like, oh, you are here. And it's like, like <laughs> several times this has happened to AEW shows and WWE shows. He's a good dude. Um, so I think the idea that he would just pull this this report out of his ass just to be the first to report it yeah. is insane. That's just not how he works. I think that he clearly got that from somewhere. And so I'm inclined to believe what Will is saying that um, there's something to this. He wouldn't have just reported that if there wasn't something if if he didn't get this from more than one source. And I know firsthand um that night that I heard it from more than one person before it was even tweeted. So I heard Uh, it
3: before it was tweeted as well. Uh, So I I I, stayed away from it because I felt like this is, there's too many financial implications here and that the rumor is likely going to come out of more of a Bloomberg type source than any place else. Um, And so I was kind of waiting for, um, the, this just kind of falls out of the realm of the professional wrestling sphere as far as right. booking things along those lines, and so I didn't comment on it at all because I was waiting for uh, something a little bit more concrete to yeah. come out and, and but I, I had heard
4: that same rumor yeah, and I feel like this this now this pastime of all right, well, this isn't true now, so ah, ha ha, ha I, I sure showed you wrestling media guys now all of you guys are hacks, and it's like no. Nope. No. Again, you can't just show up when somebody is proven wrong about something or when something is not confirmed and then go, that means you all are bad at your job. Uh, you look like an idiot because like I said, the percentages don't work in your favor because the amount of things that like if you just look at Sean for example, the amount of things that Sean has reported that are true, but then you just find this one thing to go, ha ha, this didn't happen, so uh, you're always wrong. No, that's not true. You're just looking for a way to discredit him. Well, that's uh, <laughs> shout out to leslie man le- leslie's a funny dude man I- leslie's hilarious <laughs> leslie's a funny dude man you let nobody leslie, let
2: nobody breathe so funny
4: <laughs> but no nah, so yeah nah, the it, it's it's just crazy that this is where we're at now. I, I i would think that people would le- have learned this lesson from the Raj thing when right. they jumped all over him about sasha and then that ended up being true Or, you know, when people jumped all over that report about Brock um, walking out, but then ending up back there by the end of SmackDown. No, that report was true. Just because he came back, it doesn't mean that that report wasn't true. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I feel like that's just this thing. Like, if you're not in the know, and it's fine to not want to be in the know. I get that part. I get wanting to be left in the dark about backstage Mm -hmm. stuff. But I don't understand having this crusade against wrestling media folks and trying to go anytime they are wrong ah this shows why your job shouldn't exist and you're an idiot it's like no <laughs> that's not entirely true um so <sighs> there's so much stuff to this though uh just the way vince is back is just nasty i'm sorry it's just it's it's nasty <laughs> everything about it is nasty. i mean
3: look there's some stuff that uh you know there was a meeting yesterday and um, that Hunter conducted with the talent to assure everybody that everything's okay, that he's still got the final word. But there's a thing people took out of that that he said in all of that Mm -hmm. that I think people are reading way more into than I think Hunter intended, which was that he said um, that he does have conversations with Vince about creative, but that I have the final say. And I thought, uh, but see, the thing is, What that, there's a lot of implications there because (laughs) that makes it suddenly feel like you might just be putting a final stamp of approval on Vince's guidance. And that, uh, that, 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 that's how that kind of starts to feel because I know that if I have conversations with somebody about something uh creative and i know that um i know that they then have some kind of creative input and they're going to feel like they have creative input if they were able to at least talk to me about it get their points out and make me see their point of view before finally putting their stamp on it either way though this is one of those like phil might have been right kind of moments
4: (laughs) every now and then, um (laughs) i i listen (laughs) (laughs) Look, Brent Lockman in the chat Said something that I think is very very interesting And I've been thinking this for over a year um, When it comes to wrestling media folks That all wrestling media folks are liars And it is interesting to me That I see a lot of black Twitter folks Going with this Wrestling media folks are liars Where did the whole media Media is liars thing start from? Anybody? Anybody? Mm. Donald Trump Mm. Um, Mm. who who propagates this whole the media is liars and you can't trust anybody a lot of conservatives and racists yeah elon musk Um, yeah a lot of people that want to get you to not believe information and to not have Mm. you know any kind of media literacy so i do think it's interesting that i see a lot of people that masquerade around being upstanding or conscious minded running with this whole crusade against media. It's very weird to me. Uh, but I, I also feel like that people, I'll stop there.
5: <laughs> no, I, I,
3: I, I do think that there's, I do think that there's a, um, so in the year and a half that I've been with Fightful, um, one of the things I have seen that's, uh, that I find commendable about Fightful is how much Sean Rossap does his due diligence. And Mm -hmm. I say that because a lot, there's been a good number of scoops in Fightful select reports that belong to me. Right. And I know that when I bring a report to Sean, I can't just say something I have to bring, I have to bring it to Sean. I have to be like, okay, uh, I talked to this person and uh, this is what I got out of them and this is why I believe it to be true. And Sean will then ask, do you want me to run that? And it, it's it's never just a case of, hey, Sean, got this. Put it on Fightful Select. Okay, put it on Fightful Select. Sean wants to know exactly how this information came about and all of that. And so I've watched the due, due diligence be done. And I know that Sean has been, both of us have received information that, Guys, if I reported every single thing I've heard, um, there's a wild shit that you would look back on look, and go, "Damn, the professional wrestling is 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 interesting." There right.
4: Are, there, there are things I know. There are conversations I've had with you guys. There are conversations I've had with people in text, and I have no interest being, in being a scoopster at all. Right. <laughs> but there are <laughs> things. And, and Phil things got I, hella scoops. And there Phil, Phil I've, gets stuff too. Yeah. And there are things that I've text people that I ended up being kind of write about and then i'm like i don't really have any idea i don't have any interest of putting that out there and having my name attached to it though because once your name is attached to it then it's like you know because that's the most i'm not a journalist i did not go to journalist school Journalist, i didn't go to school for journalism but that's one of the most important things about this when you have information it's what is the information what can you do with it and how can that come back on you once you put it out there? That's the yeah. that's the name of the game. And so, yeah, and that,
3: that's what like half the time with stories, uh, with when it comes to stories that are uh, promoted, Sean will ask me, "Do you want your name on this?" And about fifty percent of the time, I'll say no. Um, ooh, like seventy percent of the time, I'll say no. <laughs> I was like, actually, I've really only put my name on like four or five stories, but uh, but that's because like it, it's one of those. Do I want this to come back on me? Um, no. Uh, And not for it not being true. It's more so like uh, I don't again, I have said multiple times that Swerve doesn't give me much of anything, Um, but I feel like that's the first assumption people make when my name is on something. And so I'm like, okay, I don't want my name on this because I don't want it to come back on him and anybody thinking that it had anything to do with him because it didn't. Um, and if it's one of those things where I'm like, actually, I'm pretty certain that it doesn't matter who this came from, I'll put my name on it. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> and so I said all this to say, because there's a story out there. David Bixenspan wrote a story for Wrestling Inc. this week about uh, the, Meltzer Dave Meltzer, the Meltzer story, right? And how um, he basically had direct evidence that Meltzer didn't do his due diligence on something. I can't speak to any of that because um, all I can say is, I say that. <laughs> oh, it's it's a it's a big article. Um, a lot of you the, the Meltzer out. haters. Eric Bischoff shared it because Eric Bischoff's like, "See, we got the proof. He's he's a hack." Um, and a lot of uh, Dave Meltzer's haters go. are running with it. Um, but again, Bix did his due diligence here. Bix basically had a story. He realized that he had proof that Dave Meltzer ran with information he was given without um, doing the deconstruction of it and making sure that it was legitimate and uh so that again all i can speak to is the people i know directly and the people i work with and how i work with things because i know that i am not a journalist i say that time and time again somebody asked me yesterday aren't you a journalist no um i'm not and i don't claim to be i don't want to be these people
2: do not know what the fuck a journalist is y'all are confused yeah, no. like just reporting yeah, I, on I, I news don't... doesn't make you a journalist just and not just that i don't, don't even consider my
3: I don't even consider myself a reporter. Do sometimes I come right. across some reports. Yeah. Denise has come across reports. Phil's come across reports. Sometimes you do come across information that hey is information that you got before anybody else and is like, "Okay, I'm going to drop this information because it's it's pertinent." Um, mm-hmm. but am I but is Ooh, am I, I on up, the beat? I had
2: a scoop, remember? Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. you did. It's a, yeah. like am I am yeah. I on the beat though? No. Um, no,
4: just because you have information no. doesn't mean you're a journalist. Like fam, like I, I write like I for ham, wrestling I got ham, magazine, cheese, and eggs up in the fridge upstairs, that. but I ain't a cook, bro. Like, come on, like yeah, <laughs> like, <definitely. laughs> like I'm saying,
2: I, I write for a wrestling magazine and I don't call myself a journalist. I'm just a writer that No,
4: I I, a I, I, you know, I'm a podcaster and a columnist. I, mm-hmm. I don't want nothing to do with that journalist stuff. Uh, Godspeed yeah, no. to Sean Rossap. I don't want anything attached to what he does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just think. I, I don't know I I but I also think that we are, uh, in some ways being a bit dramatic online at, when it comes to this stuff because at the end of the day these are people reporting on wrestling. This is not wrestling. like this is like th- this is not like a serious business like this. This is wrestling like wrestling. and I mean I get it. I I don't, I don't I don't I don't think that that means that it's okay to put out misinformation. I don't think that that means that it's okay to makeup things or any of the rest of this stuff but at the same time famous wrestling like mm-hmm. and i mean it, it i just think that some people that are like ah well you know you guys need to go to journal go and, and and do your due diligence and go to school for this like no nobody nobody that goes to school to be a journalist comes out and goes all right well i'm gonna be a beat writer for W W E Wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me clue you guys into something. If I spend all this money to go to school for journalism, I'm gonna go somewhere where I can make money and pay off these student loans that I got. That's not in wrestling.
3: <laughs> yeah, so um either way, the that evening, yeah. I do think there there is a lot of irresponsibility that evening for sure. I think that um, the people who took uh, the the drop and we're basically like, okay, I, we're hearing it's a done deal, so it's a done deal. I think that was irresponsible, um, and I do think that you can very much see who refused to do that um, because even when Brian Alvarez put out that hint, Brian Alvarez never said this was a definitive thing. He just said, uh, you know, I'm hearing some big news is imminent, um, and I think that you know Sean was very very careful. Sean kept saying, this is what I'm hearing. I don't know that this is true, and I've received no confirmation that it's true. I've reached out to WWE. And that's the thing is if it's important to just report everything you've got and make sure you're doing what you have to do, as in you hear this information. Anytime we get any type of story, um, if some big news comes out of AEW, for example, first thing I'm going to do if I hear it is, okay, I need to ask AEW, for their official word on this. If I haven't gotten an official word on AEW, then the way that gets reported is we are hearing this. We're not going to report it as fact because at the end of the day, AEW didn't choose to confirm it. It's the same thing with WWE. With WWE, it's, um, you know, when we got the rumor of the uh, Mandy Rose release, it was a simple, um, it started with a okay, we have heard that Mandy Rose is released. We've now reached out to WWE for confirmation. Then when WWE comes back and confirms, yes, she is no longer under contract with us, then we can now say, as a story, we can confirm Mandy Rose is released. So when it came to the Saudi rumor, it was a case of, we heard that it's happening. Reached out to WWE for comment. There's been no comment back. So as far as any reporting on that is concerned, the way that's supposed to be reported is, we are hearing the rumors of a sale to Saudi Arabia, Uh, We've reached out to WWE and received no confirmation on this. So, therefore, you've put out the facts that you have. Now, if WWE come back and said, no, this isn't true, then don't report anything. There's nothing to report there. You don't even have to say, unless the rumor is running rampant, then you can say, we have heard the rumor. WWE has denied it, which is eventually what happened. Um, In the case of... uh, Some of the places that simply took the report and were like, this is a fact, this is a done deal, and it's the people that tend to just aggregate things, I think they somewhat Mm -hmm. acted irresponsibly here and probably should have at least reached out to WWE for comment because then they could at least say, this is the rumor that's out there, uh, we're waiting for a confirmation or comment. They didn't Mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. So I do agree that there was some irresponsibility that evening. And I think that there are some lessons to be learned that evening. I don't think it's as cut and dry as the wrestling media is always wrong. The wrestling media is bad. They're yeah, liars. It, they make it, shit up.
4: It, it's never that cut and die dry. But of course, the people that don't like anything to do with wrestling media are going to take every example where this happens to be like, ah, this is it. Tear the whole thing down. Um and I feel like that's what people are going to do, what it sounds like with this Melter, Melter thing that Vicks put out there, uh, because people don't like Melts, And it's like, it is what it is. I don't always agree with the guy, but if you think that wrestling media as it is would exist without Melter, you are sorely mistaken.
2: Now nah, he created this whole shit.
4: And not just yeah. that, the amount of people that aggregate him, there would not be reports at most sites without Dave Meltzer. That is just Honestly. a fact.
3: Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's 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 a good read. If you haven't read it, Phil, um, give it mm-hmm. a read. Bix did what he um what Bix does best and he um, he, he did some which, digging. Which
4: report was it on?
3: Uh, it's in it's a wrestling ink. Just shirt wrestling, wrestling Inc. Inc. Dave Meltzer. No, but I mean
4: yeah. what which report did he not doing oh it's on the uh
2: there was a dragon gate story or mm-hmm. was it yeah, I think it was a dragon gate story that they were having some turmoil um, with their you remember that story it came out a few months ago that uh yeah one of their yeah so that story was there was a whole bunch of shit going on behind the scenes essentially and exactly like we're saying here bix is he doesn't leave no stones unturned like he talked to every single person he needed to talk to for this story it's a really yeah well thought out things. Right? Basically,
3: right. it was that Meltzer was had by a hoax and yeah. Meltzer didn't, um, uh, cause it was that, hold on, I pulled it up. Uh, a hoaxer claiming to be then Dragon Gate wrestler Kaito Ishida, um, basically tricked Meltzer into running a report and Meltzer did not verify that that was actually him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
4: not good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not good. Nah, uh, that don't sound good at all. Uh, it's not. It's I mean, awful. <laughs> and uh, just like
2: uh, just like we're saying, the people that are against Melter are running with it. Like Bix oh. tried to be like, "Hey, no, it's not every Melter story. Just this one." But them people ain't listening to that. They but all they you, heard you, was Melter's that
4: I'm right. not gonna do that, of course. Yeah, no.
3: everybody's gonna go. Po- I mean, like I said, look, Eric Bischoff was excited about this story. Eric Bischoff is like, I've been telling y'all, this is Dave Meltzer, and uh, now you've got proof.
4: Shout out to Bischoff. Why are you coming on this podcast, bro? Yeah, come <laughs> too, <man. laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, that's all bad for Meltz, but again, I feel like Meltz does this quite often, where it's like. He'll be right about a bunch of other stuff, but it's just that Mm -hmm. one thing that somebody will find, and it's pretty damning, and it's like, ah. I mean,
3: look, uh, it's Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer has a habit of sometimes just, like, dropping shit that he gets. Like, he Mm -hmm. just got it, and he's like, this is it. And then people will be like, actually, this is, like, a a gross misunderstanding of that. Um, And it is what it is. This is wrestling media. This is... uh, i think
4: uh, go ahead yeah i i don't know what i'm very very interested to know what made bix put that out there because the other (laughs) part that i think is funny is uh uh what what we see in the hip-hop space and podcasting wars going on is interesting but often we keep seeing these wrestling media guys going at each other and i'm not saying that that's what bix did here but Mm -hmm it's interesting because i keep i keep seeing certain things happen it's like okay that's all right
3: (laughs) all right well (laughs) phil's got a flight to catch here soon so let's wrap up with uh some super chats we got uh brent lockman says is cinema but it's on shutter exclusively
4: Yo, okay. Could be
3: worse though because Phil was sending us them uh, 2B clips them this 2B week. 2B clips.
4: <laughs> Yo, Could somebody, be on yeah, somebody sent me another one. I didn't send you out. Uh, those <laughs> 2 movies are awful. <laughs> those 2B movies are horrible.
3: Uh, let's see. We got a. I'm still trying to catch up on everything. So just bear with me, folks. I'm going to make sure I get to everything everybody read um Derek Gordon says there was an uproar about the Saudi rumor from fans and wrestlers too yeah WWE has a deal with Saudi right now and none of them seem to have a problem
4: (laughs) forget about the Uh, real deal they actually already have (laughs) uh I think people definitely were upset about that for a while yeah it's just that we're so far into it and it's not going anywhere and so those uh claims about it have gone
3: five years now
4: yeah. So, uh, like originally, when that deal was first announced, oh no, they got a lot of they got a lot mm-hmm. of pushback for it. But now, five years in, yeah, they're they're gonna they're possibly signing another one in five years. So,
3: Orion <laughs> uh, Ben six 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 says the line between media lies and dusty blacks is thick. <laughs> this
4: this year, and again, I don't wanna I don't wanna point at anybody in particular, but this year, well. Well, it's only been two weeks in this year, but last year, the amount of conspiracy theories that I had to listen to from people was insane, mm-hmm. insane. Yes, and, and I'm just like I barbershop I really... has
3: gotten wild at the moment, and it's
4: yeah, it's just I I just need people to go and seek out the information, man. Like there's there's too much information at your fingertips. You could just pick up your phone, this this thing in your hand, that you could just go and find all this information. You don't have to just believe anything you hear. You just don't have to.
3: Albert Pont says, "What up, guys? Can we please get a women's blood and guts originals versus outsiders? I am happy Mickey won, but I think Masha is going to destroy her next.
4: Um, oh yeah, I think I think Masha is definitely coming for the title now. I don't mm-hmm. I I don't see how she's beating Masha.
3: Um, Animo Yotaki says the problem with Melters uh, with the Melter bit is he said Mercedes wasn't in L.A. and it was a week ahead of the show, so of course she wouldn't be there. Um, but I mean, hey, Melter was right about that. She didn't come in. Like at the end of the day." She wasn't yeah, the I one. I see
2: nobody yeah. being like, hey, Melcher was right off the back of that, They're not doing that.
3: Nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB said, one last shout out to the Grap City crew for speaking truth and keeping it real. Have a great weekend, gentlemen. Thank you so much. We appreciate, appreciate you. I'm going to try and get to others that I missed from earlier because I am not going to miss a single one of these. Uh, we read that one.
4: I, I do think we're leading to like a uh AW's originals with the women. And,
3: mm-hmm. like, I hope they're smart enough to do rampage. two blood and guts matches this year. I think that they should do like do one I still think the one of the best things they can do for Rampage, obviously don't do it maybe once a year, but I think doing some kind of Broadway type rampage where the whole episode of Rampage is blood and guts um and so just like keep the cage down like in dynamite with it because it's always the second hour of dynamite like in dynamite with it keep the cage down and then (laughs) rampage you tape a second one with the cage in place and that's the whole match the whole show is blood and guts
4: yep i like it uh
3: i think that'd be just kind of a fun way to continue to do them uh let's see we got uh Sorry, right, i just scrolling back through the LeBron stuff, which is always funny. Chi-Town um, Spurs says, Dom Mysterio and Jeff Jarrett being two of the most entertaining characters on TV in 2023. Who would have thunk? Um, uh, same.
4: Jarrett, Jarrett been cooking, man. I gotta admit it. Jarrett, <laughs> Jarrett's been pretty funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Jarrett's been very
2: funny, man. See, I said the same thing on Day After Dynamite. Like, I don't want to have to admit it, but Jarrett has been doing some great work, and I want to see him get beat up, and that's the point. <laughs>
3: Uh Deontay says, uh Reg cooking Bray Wyatt worst Randy cooked the fiend during the Firefly Inferno oh match God. and he was burnt to a crisp. I respect the funny hate. Yeah. I, I love that you couldn't resist though, by the way. I love that <laughs> Like, Reg will sometimes be like, like, I just pictured the little devil and angel on Reg's shoulders uh, when when it comes
2: to Bray Wyatt. I'm just, like, looking at a tweet, like, I should not do this. I should not do this. I should not send. All right, it's gone. And then it's over. No, I was going to see you again. No, I was going to see you again.
3: (laughs) Busby says, uh, if they were making a movie of this WWE backstage drama, what actors would you get to play Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H? I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know how you cast Triple H because he's such a weird, unique looking dude. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of casting, though, by the way, that young rock image that was posted of them doing the 2003 uh, rock concert that didn't look nothing like any parts of that. <laughs> Brian yeah, Gowartz, yeah, why did yeah. you
2: post that? Yeah. Mm. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. I did think <laughs> well, it was funny the said, th- they're taking elements, that's why it's not he's like we were it's in 1998 but we're basing it on like all of his elements is what he said, it's why
4: Yeah. I I did think it was funny this week that uh they had the filler episode of Raw and they just had Becky lose the week before, and the next week she's like, nah, i off filming young rock again. See you guys. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, so the next the next this week's raw by the way is also going to be very much filler because it's going to be the you've got the Tampa Bay and um uh, Dallas game in the playoffs on Monday. They knew last week that uh and I I had heard this in the company that they're like, "Look, we got this uh the college championship game." they know that uh, no, it's going to be hard for anybody to even pay attention to it. I don't think they knew the game was going to be a squash the way it was, but they basically punted on that game, or on that raw. And then this Monday, with it being the Cowboys versus the Bucks, um with America's favorite team versus America's favorite quarterback, so Tom Brady versus the Cowboys, it's absolutely uh. – <laughs> They're like, and it's a playoff game, so there's actual implications to it. WWE is basically like, all right, where everything is waiting for next week because that's the first Monday in months where we're cool. We we have Monday nights to ourselves. We're not Mm -hmm. going up against football in a playoff capacity. So
4: yeah, I mean, it was an entertaining raw for what it was. I thought the tag team turmoil was good. I thought all the Dom stuff was good, but. I did feel a little bit deflating watching uh, Montez have that great performance just for Judgment Day to still win. I was like, uh... Mm. But again, I understand it's to get heat on them, so... the building the Cody return,
3: by the way. And I think the thing that's really throwing me off about the Cody stuff, somebody said on Twitter the other day that, um, you know, they almost forgot Cody was a WWE wrestler because he was only there for, like, three months and then injured. And so, like... In the long term of things, you're still used to him being an AEW guy. And the thing that was throwing me off is Cody, for these video packages for Raw and SmackDown, has been filming a lot of stuff at the Nightmare Factory or, like, in his house <laughs> where he used to film AEW segments. And so these all still feel like AEW segments to me because we've seen all of this stuff. We've seen Cody at the Nightmare Factory. We've seen, like, he literally got beat up by all of the Nightmare factory students and all of that remember that segment where right. they were prepared prepared that's all stuff we've seen on AEW tv that little brick wall where cody would film segments at his house for road two and shit like that and all of a sudden now here he is <laughs> doing this for wwe tv but these look like old AEW segments it's really throwing me off
4: mm-hmm. i mean but I feel like this follows the trend that he's been doing since he got there, that he's basically taking everything that worked from the AEW run and bringing it to WWE. So yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much uh, par for the course. Um, yeah, he's going to have a great pop. If it were me, I would save it for the Rumble. Don't have him show yeah. up on Raw. Have him mm-hmm. show up in the Rumble to get that big pop.
3: Well, because now it really does feel like he's winning it. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that's the other thing, too, though, is I feel like The reason the conversation even started last year of people possibly wanting to go back or go to WWE from AEW was Cody. And I think that Cody has to be the example, going back to the conversation from earlier as we kind of tie things, uh, put a bow on things. Anybody who's looking to do, looking to jump ship is probably going to want to do it in the Cody fashion of, Yeah. yeah, I'll come. I want to keep my name. I want to keep my music, I want to keep uh, my look, and I don't want to go to NXT. <laughs> like, that's that's it. You're If you're bringing me over, you're bringing me. And there's a number of guys who have the ability to do that, right? Like, Hangman, for example, everything about Hangman belongs to him. He has the music, all of that. WWE could pull him in. MJF is the same deal where he owns everything, uh, and he could do that. And so... It's all stuff I do find interesting that if anybody's going to do that jump ship thing, it's got to be in Cody fashion of, especially if they were somebody who had success. It's got to be in a fashion of I'm keeping everything that about me that belongs to me.
4: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm looking forward to Cody coming back. I actually feel like the Royal Rumble return, if done correctly, and he doesn't just show up on Raw it really could be better than his WrestleMania moment because I feel like he's going to get a louder pop then because now the audience is more endeared to him because of the Hell in the Cell match. Mm-hmm. He's going to win he, the Rumble. I mean, and and I and you, know you know what's interesting yeah.
3: if he wins the Rumble? Think about what he said last year when he jumped ship. He was asked, what inspired you to decide you wanted to jump ship? And he said it was watching the Rumble last year and feeling like I was missing out. Uh, I thought you were going to...
4: The- I thought you were going to quote that. I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it for Dusty Rhodes.
3: <laughs> but, but when he said in that interview, he said, I watched the Royal rumble and he was like, uh, I felt so to imagine that, that of, you know what? The rumble is what made me jump. I'm going to jump ship and, and, enjoy WWE and then to win it uh, on top of that. That's, that's an accomplishment.
4: I, I definitely think he's winning um, a part of yeah. me, man. Ah, y'all yeah, know Rollins is my guy. When he came out with that crutches, he <laughs> played it like a And I was like, I really want him to win the Rumble, but it's not happening. No, uh, it's it's, it's
3: got to be Cody. Uh, uh, Real take wrestling, by the way, says Vince coming back. Like it was me, Hunter. It was me all along. Also, y'all are awesome. Thanks for the inspiration. I appreciate you. Yep. Uh, I appreciate you. And I think we may have hit all of them.
4: Uh. Did we talk about this best of seven finale? We,
3: we did, did not. Da, 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 and that's da, 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 that's da, why I was gonna actually da, da, change the description da. after this show. Um but I d I wanna make sure <laughs> Phil gets I, I wanted to make sure Phil gets to his uh this flight. Mm-hmm. As Phil's headed to Atlanta. When's your flight leave? Hey,
4: at four o'clock.
3: Phil, that's in two hours.
2: <laughs> gotta, get, gotta get to the airport, big dong.
3: I mean, look, best of seven series. I am of the belief, personally, you don't have to agree, but I believe that this is my favorite best of seven series ever. Um, I think that they did so much here. I thought that the matches had some really great storytelling. I thought that... uh, they kept the crowd going all throughout. The elite knew when they were the heels in it. In Chicago, for example, they knew when they were the baby faces. Everywhere else, I mean, in LA, I think just the the huge Latino population there was all yeah. about uh, Death Triangle, and that's definitely. Um, that was anticipated as well but it's like they knew when to be the heels they knew when to be the baby faces they knew when to surprise people and to shock people the first match for example i think everybody knew foregone conclusion these are the elites belts they're gonna win this and then they came in and uh lost immediately so that was like oh shit what? it How could the Elite possibly lose this series? I mean, not even the series. How could they have possibly lost that first match? Before it was announced to be a series. And then after that, it was announced to be a series. Um, And, of course, they they did the 3-1 story. (laughs) Uh, And the Elite came back. But I feel like everybody got to look good here. The death triangle looked conniving at all turns. Um. Even in two of the Elite's victories, they were somewhat of flukish victories, right? Like the first one, um, Nick Jackson won because he got his knees up when uh, uh, Pack went for the Black Arrow. Yeah. And so he got his knees up and just happened to catch him one, two, three. And then in the False Count Anywhere victory, the Elite won. But it was Pac had Matt tapping out, but the ref happened to count uh, the other pinfall on from the one winged angel from, over on Ray Phoenix, and so again it was a case of the elite could have lost that with a change in milliseconds. And so really like they only got two definitive victories in this. The latter match itself and that one where the first victory they got. Those were like the or the second victory. Those are really the only two, like, okay, they have won these decisively. Um, and it came in no disqualification. I just I had so much fun with the series. I think Kenny has proven that Kenny Omega is back. and i was i was happy i was satisfied i was satisfied with the ladder match i know a lot of people felt like it was short i think had you not known when it started i don't think people would have felt that that it was this short um because i think people were looking at their clocks and going wait it's the show's only got 15 minutes left yeah like being there
2: live i didn't feel like it was short it just felt like a fucking crazy ass match with all kind of crazy ass
4: spots Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah i feel like at times the story for it was a little convoluted um I think the series was good. I think uh I think leaning into the nBA stuff was great. um it goes back to the Bucks first tag titles victory, and they had like the Lakers celebration afterwards. and so I think winning in the forum was special and referencing uh Detroit versus the Lakers in the forum, game seven was also very smart. um I don't know, as a basketball fan, there are a lot of things I liked about that. Um, I like that there were things like Lee Moriarty saying that he was a basketball guy. So getting the wrestling form was a big deal to him. Um, Some of that that stuff is just really cool Uh, because again, you just, I want guys to enjoy what they're doing. I I, wrestlers wrestlers are really the thing that keeps this going. I say it all the time, but, and if this is not even more clear now with this vent stuff happening, man, support the wrestlers, man, the the company or whatever support the wrestlers. Uh, Mm But yeah, I thought this was a great series, man. I think, uh, I don't know if I would say it's the best best of seven ever, but like I told you guys last week, Kenny Omega going to Japan and having an instant classic and then coming back a week later and successfully coming back from a 3-1 deficit is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. If, if this does not let you know that this guy is him, I don't know what will other than coming and having a five-star classic with Okada later this year. Yeah, his him um, is I, very I, different than Bray Wyatt's him.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, honestly, when they announced that Young Bucks versus Top Flight graphic, when that graphic came up, I got really excited, and I'll tell you guys why. The, I almost forgot that, oh, yeah, the Young Bucks are also a tag team because, look, we have not <laughs> seen a Young Bucks tag team match since August. Like
4: not It's either. been a long time.
3: I it's been a remember- long time.
4: I don't know if you remember, though. The first time they wrestled Top Flight, it was after they won the tag titles, was it not? It was. Mm-hmm. It's the same progression. Mm-hmm.
3: So, the, I, I just, it was interesting. And I know that the, uh, the Top Flight are like, like the Young Bucks look like at Top Flight. is like, these are our kids, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, Top Flight mm-hmm. came to them. Literally, di- uh, Darius Martin came to Matt Jackson and told him, look, we grew up on you guys. You guys are heroes, like. You guys inspired us to do what we do. And Matt Jackson went to Tony Khan and was like, we need to hire these two. And Mm. that was the story. And so I know they see Top Flight as kind of a a pet project to build up. And uh, they're going to give them everything that they can. But yeah, when that match graphic came up and I I got a smile, right? Because I was like, damn, we have not seen the Young Bucks in a tag match. Just a straight up Young Bucks tag team match in months, it's been a long time because everything else has been trios and then they were gone for those couple of months. Oh shit, and like, they're still a tag team, I forgot about this. This is cool. Uh, so I got really excited about that. But no, just honestly, I was very pleased with the series. I think it ended up elongating um, uh, the Death Triangle's tag reign, or their trio's reign. And the, it's not like the uh, Death Triangle didn't have some good defenses in there, right? Because they defended them against... Uh, they beat Best Friends for them. They defended them against Best Friends. They also got to beat uh, Top Flight and AR Fox. They also beat The Dark Order. Like, they they had some solid defenses in there. But I do think that, ultimately, the reigns of those trios titles need to be on babyfaces right now because I think there's more heels and contention for it. And, like, you got to go with the House of Black stuff. And House of Black versus Babyface Elite is the way to go. Right to wrap up though finally the last of the humper chats audio clave just sent or autoclave sorry uh, sent five bucks thank you uh pablo also sent five bucks says happy saturday grap city joining way late thanks for the great shows every week love the street fight i knew it was working when my girlfriend had to watch scary movie style through her fingers uh when does paul walter get his revenge i don't know but uh look i'm a big cobra kai fan and so like when he was announced for the show, I was like, of course he is. Uh, like, I It didn't surprise me. There's literally an episode of Cobra Kai where he sings Judas in Cobra Kai. Like, guy is a, an actual fan. And, uh, and so when he got an opportunity to work with AEW, again, I'm like, he brought an AEW reference to one of the most popular shows on television in uh, Cobra Kai. He's literally singing Judas in an episode. And uh, just walking around, going, I'm "Become, I'm become, I'm become." It's an actual fucking thing.
2: Yeah. Now, when he called Jeff Jarrett, uh, look like a owner of a Crunch Fitness. I was gone. I was out of here. That shit was hilarious. He buried his ass.
4: Yeah, Kyle they did great.
3: Uh, last one. Kyle says, "Grapsity." Between the wrestling, music, basketball talk, and Phil speaking straight f and facts, you all, y'all are my favorite, or truly my favorite podcast. Oh, if there is. Ever a Bray Wyatt horrible in matches shirt? I'm buying it because that was hilarious. Much love.
4: <laughs> and what? What? One day we're gonna find out that Bray sees all this stuff and like he's just gonna like he's just gonna like. <laughs> He's just going to, like, appear behind Reg during the episode of Grappity. <laughs> That's right here in my room. <laughs> it's just going to, like, the, the 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 moth is gonna, just going to pop up on the screen. and He's just going to just pop up his back and say, run. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I like the got...
3: This has been another edition of Grapsity. Again, folks, if you didn't see Day After Dynamite, I apologize for uh basically... Being responsible for the Fightful Awards not happening this week, but uh, the Fightful Awards have been delayed till January 19th. They'll be happening Thursday. Uh, I've got a long day of podcasting that day because I got Day After Dynamite to do, then Ask Rhapsody, and then the Fightful Awards back to back to back. Um, and and then? Is there more? Please don't tell me I have more.
4: And then? I don't
3: know. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, I know. I I, I was like, is he making a reference to do? Where's my car? Or am I, or am I actually forgetting a podcast? (laughs) Because don't tell me that, because that's going to be a lot of podcasting. Um, But I'm excited about it all. So tune in to Fightful Thursday, June 19th, June January 19th. Um see I did it too. Uh and we got a lot of cool content. Philip Lindsay, go get on your flight. Enjoy Atlanta. Keep us all posted. Post some pictures. Um I know wrestling Twitter is not your favorite right now, but enjoy.
4: I will not be posting anything. Um, ah! <laughs> sorry. Um but nah. If you are in Atlanta this weekend, please go and check out Battle Slam. Baron's got a good show uh planned. Main event will be Baron versus Jonathan Gresham for the Icon World Championship. Yes, um, excited for that. All right, folks,
3: that's it for this edition of City. Thank you for being here with us. For Philip Lindsay, for Righteous Reg, I am Will Washington. We will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.